0: So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at carmax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. What's up, Gypsy Gang? We are back for another episode of the podcast and today we're bringing you a ripper of a show with a ripper of a fella. If you grew up in oh, if you're if you're I mean, dude, if you're a dirt bike fan, forget the age. You're a fan of Justin Barsha. You're a fan of his riding style. And look, sometimes you might not be a fan of his aggression, but it makes racing entertaining. Uh, we've been wanting to do this show for a really long time, uh, but he's just had a kid, very busy guy, one of the big superstars of the sport. But we finally made it happen, and I'm so glad that we did because I just think that there's a, there's a... I don't know, like a mystique about JB. He doesn't do a lot of these things. uh, And over the last couple of years with BAM TV, he's really been coming out of his shell. And I just thought, man, this is going to be a really cool podcast. He's he's lived a crazy life growing up at MTF, getting duct taped to telephone poles, all of the championships that he's won, buying and selling Lamborghinis in 24 hours. There's a lot in this one. So sit back and enjoy, uh, but also reflect on the fact that you could have already listened to this maybe like a week and a half ago because it's been on the member site for a while now. The member site is gypsytales.com. If you want to join up, that means uh, you'll get access to all our shows basically the same day that we record them. Normally it takes about a week to get all the editing and stuff done to actually bring them to you guys. Uh, but on the member site, we just whack the audio up instantly um, and you guys get to enjoy it there earlier. So uh, if you want, take a look. If not, you get it free here anyway. Uh, Before we get into this podcast though, just a quick message from our awesome sponsors. Just gonna give you an announcement of a new sponsor uh, that I actually chased down uh, to get them on the podcast. And that was because I really wanted to start using their products again. So to welcome Athletic Greens to the podcast. Now, if you've been following the podcast recently, you would know that we're on a massive health kick uh, as we get ready to take on world vets at Glen Helen in November of 2023. Athletic Greens is not only an all-in-one formula that helps me just cover all my nutritional bases. uh, It's also the first healthy habit that I have uh, that starts every single day. Before my morning coffee, Uh, I get up in the morning, my partner and I mix our Athletic Greens uh, and kickstart the day with AG1. The team at Athletic Greens were so serious about their product uh, that they actually wouldn't let me do the ad read until I'd been on the product for about a month. Uh, And I'm really glad that that was the case because in this time, I feel like I've definitely seen some improvements. I have been struggling a little bit in the lead up to getting back on AG1, uh, and I've definitely noticed a significant increase, uh, I guess, just in the feeling of my overall gut health. Uh, As far as my partner goes, um, she has said that she's noticed a significant improvement uh, in the condition of her skin, uh, and her and other females can have uh, some issues with their skin uh, as their hormones fluctuate throughout the month. At the end of the day, AG1 is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals and whole food sourced ingredients of the highest quality that are able to offer gut health support, mood support, can affect your energy each day and contribute to overall healthier looking hair and skin. If you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com gypsytails That's athleticgreens.com gypsytails uh, Now, this is not a promo code. You need to specifically follow this link, uh, and that is going to attach your free one-year supply of vitamin D and those five free travel packs. Thank you to the team at Athletic Greens. We're excited to have you on board. We are also brought to you by the team at Manscaped. And newsflash, gentlemen, Valentine's Day is almost here. And by the grace of Cupid, our friends at Manscaped are coming with the best tools to get your boys downstairs ready for the special occasion. I'd like to propose making February 13th National Shave Your Balls Day. Who's with me? Get lucky this V-Day and join the 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use the code Gypsy Gang for 20% off plus free shipping. It's kind of funny. There's a famous story in our household of my dad giving my mum motocross boots in his size for Valentine's Day, and uh, it always resonated with me. I was like, you know what, Pete? Good call. Happy man, uh, happy life. I guess you know, just uh, something about given a gift for yourself that makes you feel good so you can make your partner feel good and I think that's kind of the same vibe here you know get yourself the Manscaped kit shave your nuts and then you're going to make your missus happy Um, so look I really think that um, I really think that there's some logic there now the best way to do this would be the platinum package from Manscaped it is the all-encompassing package that every guy needs in their life to make each and every day just a little more special not just for you but for your missus as well The headliner in this package is the Lawnmower 4.0. The trimmer's advanced skin safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate parts and it even has an LED spotlight so you can shave anywhere your heart desires. Did I mention that it is waterproof as well? This package also includes a weed whacker, nose, ear and hair trimmer to whack all the worst of your weeds. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts, their shed travel bag and their anti-chafing boxer briefs to keep. I've been running the travel bag uh, constantly since I've got it, and this is maybe one of the most handy parts of the kit. Uh, no platinum package is complete without the ultimate hygiene bundle to get your to get you fresh from head to toe. This bundle includes Manscaped's premium body wash, two-in-one shampoo, body and ball deodorant, and much more. Infused with aloe vera and sea salt, Manscaped body wash will leave your skin feeling clean, fresh, and hydrated all date night long. And don't forget, gents, no date night is complete without Manscaped's signature cologne that is guaranteed to put her in Cupid's chokehold. And you know I love a good chokehold. Your balls and lady will thank you. Get twenty percent off and free shipping with the code gypsy gang at manscaped.com. You heard me right. That is 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code gypsy gang. Join Cupid and shoot your arrow with Manscaped this Valentine's Day. Good luck, fellas. We're also brought to you by the guys at MX Store. You can head to mxstore.com.au for all your dirt bike parts and accessories needs. These guys are the biggest in Australia by far. Biggest and best in my personal opinion. Uh, We collectively in the Gypsy Tales office probably do about eight trips to MX Store every single week, Uh, whether it's new tires, new chain lube, uh, air filters, like you name it, grips, Bars the whole deal. Uh, so the guys at MX door have always come in for clut- uh, come in clutch for us. I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, they've come in clutch for you uh, at some point. If you order before 2 p.m., you get same day shipping as well. If you are not lucky enough to live close to their Burley warehouse, that's mxstore.com.au. We're also brought to you by the Glove Lord. And his lords and ladies uh, that run the awesome company that is Fist Handwear. Uh, you can head to fisthandwear.com. The code Gypsy Gang is going to get you 15% off as well. I don't wear anything else, and I haven't since pretty much the day Sammy started that company. I actually did, though, at one point in Bali when I didn't take any gear and I got blisters really bad. So, yeah, I guess I have run non-fist gloves one time in 10 years. And I hated it. Won't be doing it ever again. FistHandWear.com. We're also brought to you by the guys at Dixon Quality. You can head to DixonQuality.com.au. Gonna get the same discount there when you type in Gypsy Gang. Uh, Look, I know we're in summer, but they've got all sorts of stuff. They've got shorts, they've got socks, they've got tees, they've got it all. Um, And Rival Inc., they also have it all when it comes to any of the aesthetic needs of your dirt bike whether that's jersey prints whether you need stickers for the back of your truck maybe you're one of those guys that put your instagram handle on the back of your truck uh, you can get them from rival link but what they really specialize in is the best graphics for your dirt bike uh, you've seen them on all of our builds and you know that we love the guys at rival you can add to rivalinkdesignco.com use code gypsy gang and that is going to get you 15% off we don't have a promo code for the guys at Tropical Auto Group, but if you call Kyle, he is going to hook you up. If you're a member of the Gypsy Gang, if you buy a new or used vehicle off him, uh, he will be giving you not only a great deal on the car that you choose, but also a $500 gift voucher from the guys at MX Store. Kyle's a G. He's been supporting us for a really long time. Uh, we really appreciate the support, uh, and they are a fantastic company to deal with. That's it from me, guys. Thank you very much. I enjoyed this podcast. Just don't
1: feel real, mate. Don't uh, feel real. nah it's been. Uh, I've been. Th- me, me and everyone been talking about this forever, and I know me and you've been talking about it forever. So it's cool. I'm like stoked. <laughs>
0: yeah same dude it's uh it's a are you wrong Griff? yeah sweet it's uh it's definitely a trip because I mean for me like Justin Barsha is so much of my childhood as like a moto kid you know not not so much like childhood but when I was like yeah you know 14 15 16 like that whole kind of age is just like That's Bam Bam on a Geico bike (laughs) revving the absolute (laughs) shit out of it. And it was just, I don't know, like, it it just feels like that was the vibe that, I don't know, you just, you literally created a vibe that everyone just jumped on.
1: Trying to keep it going.
0: yeah no so so to be actually like sitting here and, and doing it and th- i think the cool thing too is probably like we've been talking for fuck, it feels yeah. like a couple years you know like before actually doing this so 100 uh, percent it's cool we, and it they they always happen when they're supposed to you know
1: well exactly and yeah when you came on the scene i was watching a lot and i, I mean amber became a big fans so we wanted to do it and then i was like ah, i just want to wait and just want to open the can of worms but we decided to just pull it trigger now and then Open the can of worms later, in the in the in when the career's over, probably.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny, man. I've had I've had like a few boys. I went through a period like before in this off season, actually, where I was like, "Dude, do these boys like? Are they start fucking with the podcast?" Because like, people were keen, and then everyone. It seems like everyone got not keen, but it. I guess it's just. I mean, I, I don't know, maybe you can speak on it, but I guess it's like it's hard because there's probably a lot of stuff that you'd want to say that. It's just like you just really can't and it just is what it is
1: a hundred percent yeah it's uh it's one of those things where you just it's such a in a way it's a, such a small sport so you just have to you know keep it to yourself you know there's obviously I'd love to open up and say everything that i that's on my mind and that I want to say but at this point in the career it's like it's you know yeah, hold hold it until later. But I feel like I can make a sick, sick. It'll be an insane podcast, but it also it'd be like a you could make a movie or a Netflix series out of the the career I've I've went through. It's pretty pretty rad, honestly. Though it's cool.
0: Yeah, man. No, it, I was thinking about it, um, and your it seems like your career, especially it's cool timing because we're doing this after San Diego, round three, but two. And Anaheim won, you were winning the race, jumped off track. Pretty easy to do there. Like a lot of guys made mistakes, right? But then you're on the podium with Eli and Coop this weekend at San Diego. And it's like, dude, we're in 2023. Like you won titles in uh, 11 and 12. So it's like literally a decade later you're still on the fucking podium, you know? And, and yeah. the, like you, that's a, it's a crazy long career. And to be, you know, you, if we go back to, you know, like when I was a kid, it's like, you were, you were like as famous back when you were on an 80s, you are now essentially, you know, like in terms of the people in the sport, like knowing who you are, it's like 20 something years of like us following you. It's crazy.
1: No, that is crazy. And it, it's crazy to think that way. Um, yeah, we've all been, all of us, you know, in the 450 class have now, have been racing together forever in, in the States, so it's it's quite crazy, and yeah, it's quite surreal, like, still being in the sport and being, you know, able to be on the podium, that's gnarly, and yeah, the first race, obviously, was, dude, it was a shit show, <laughs> it was literally, like, <laughs> just, like, I was, I, I felt... I had such a good off season, so I was just sending it. But uh, in practice, I was so slow and, like, just not comfortable. And then I get the whole shot in the main event, and I'm just like, all right, let's go. And then, obviously, whiskyed off the track and then crashed again. I was so bummed. But And then they're like, oh, yeah, next weekend's canceled. I'm like, ah, oh, this is stupid. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, San Diego, <laughs> San Diego was good, and honestly, it was – it was an intense race i had so much pressure the whole race and like making passes and then kenny and chase were behind me and it was just honestly i don't think i breathed the whole race i was like so tight but to hold those guys off was pretty cool and i feel uh, actually really good about it and the position i'm in right now is pretty good and uh the new bike's good as well so it's uh yeah things are in a in a good spot
0: yeah and it's just year on year on year on year on year you seem to still be able to find a way to compete and yeah I I just don't know if there's many people in the sport that have that level of like I don't know maybe like staying power or just you just seem like you find a way to make wins and podiums happen so consistently and you know it's like you're the peers that you've raced with as well like the guys that you've really come up with like you and kenny have had crazy battles throughout your entire career um you and eli you and dino like there's so many guys that you could say that you've kind of like come up through the ranks with and there's really only a few of you guys that are still like consistently getting on the podium you know
1: Yeah, it's pretty rad, and it is – yeah, we we all have been racing for so long and so hard, and I've probably smashed all those guys so many times. So I I wonder sometimes why – they don't really like me that much, but I'm really trying to turn that leaf, but I still obviously am aggressive and will do whatever it takes to, you know, be on the podium and going for wins. But yeah, we're, we're still here. And like, even after the race, Kenny came up to me, like literally the, the rhythm section after the finish line, he's like, dude, that was such a sick race. And I was so, I got so amped up. Like that's what does it for me, dude. I was like, yeah, it was so sick, dude. Like I was so hyped as well. So it was cool. I mean, me and Kenny have had like a love hate relationship. So it's cool now. Like me and him, I've like, we both have boys now. Like we're so grown up. It's like, it's so wild. But yeah, at this point in my career, like I still feel so good. So I still feel like I have a, a lot left in me to give as well. So that's, it's pretty cool. It's a good feeling.
0: It's one of the unique things about not, not just our sport, but motorsport because it's like, if you think about you've got to be so good when you're so young to get to the top of the sport like there's yeah. nobody that's and this is in f1 this is in moto gp this is it like any form of like really high level motorsport the kids that are the the guys that win titles and the guys that are like a 450 main event podium guys they were winning at a super young age right and so like you and Eli have known each other since you were literally children you and Ken have known it. like there's just not that many sports where guy like you have 30 year histories with the guys that you're racing and i think when, like people people definitely like there's you know you're an aggressive rider or Ando like there's guys out there where you say like Vince but i always just think about like the pe- the, the people that are watching the race just don't have context of like how many times you've camped in an rv like 50 feet away from these dudes and like Mm -hmm. how many like you know you see you watch like the ufc and they've got like total minutes in the octagon it's like can you imagine total minutes of track time with ken Roxon or total minutes track time with eli tomac like it's bound to <laughs> some shit's bound to go down when you're on the track for a dude for like literally thirty years.
1: Yeah, it's uh, God, the, yeah, the minutes we've all raced together—that would be insane to add up. And like, even uh, the man, like the Minios, Loretta's, yeah, to think about that is so it's kind of like surreal it's just like uh, you know you we never really talk about this or think about this kind of stuff so it's like yeah that's that's insane and then like even like as little kids on like 65s like playing like with little toy dirt bikes like with all those guys too like we've all done that so we've all grown up together and like man it's yeah it's honestly wild to think about that because like we don't really talk that much at the top level like yeah we're like fine and stuff but it's not like we hang out or talk we literally just do our work race go home do our work and like even on the off weekend um star rented a hemet um, backyard track and we got the invite to go and it was literally just me eli practicing like the t- only two factor guys and a couple privateer guys it was just like you know drive up and like hey what's up man how are you and like respect each other and you know do our thing and go home so it's yeah there's a lot of I mean, for the most part, most of us respect each other, I feel like. And obviously, like, even this past weekend, like, the pass I had on Chase, I was kind of, it's so difficult to have friends in this sport because I consider Chase, like, you know, a friend and I really liked him. And I think he's a badass on a motorcycle and he does some insane stuff. So when I, I seen, saw him go, fe- fe- I felt him go down and I was like, oh, that, I was so bummed. And the first thing I, come off the track I kind of looked around for him but he was gone but I text him after the race I'm like dude I know you don't want to hear from me right now and you probably hate my guts but like so bummed on that and you had a sick comeback and hopefully you know we can let this go and and he's young and he was like 100% man like yeah I don't want to carry on with this I just want to move past it and like yeah I was bummed but it's racing and it is what it is I was like I, I respect that so much and even respect him more as a rider so it was cool
0: yeah yeah i mean it's just such a hard one like you you want to i mean the fans definitely want to see like exciting racing and then there's there's some there's stuff where it's like it's avoidable or and it's probably like dumb decisions that's made in the moment like it's a mix of everything on the spectrum and then there's times where like with with chases you know you're going down with chase it's like you've just come off a triple flat left hander like yeah. sliding in i mean in the heat like it's like there's a crazy amount of shit that's going on in that moment and then a guy goes down so it's like there's a spectrum from fully didn't mean for it to happen to i wanted to fuck your night and yes. it looks the same to the end user <laughs> 100 like, for on tv you just uh, you don't know which one of no. those motivations it was but then like uh, then with there's certain guys that you see it happen a bunch, so you just automatically assume that. Well, it's yeah, the that's kind of
1: me. Me and Amber were talking about it after race, and they're like, I, "I could literally." So, like for instance, like Jason got me in that corner, and I was like totally fine with it because it was a good aggressive pass. Like it is what it is, but like I, I could literally like breathe, and people will just be like so mad because my reputation, obviously, <laughs> but they just don't know us riders as human beings. They just know us with our helmets on and, and the riding. So that's what's uh, like bums me out sometimes. Cause I'm like, you know, like, yes, Ch- like me and chase came together, but it wasn't even that, like it wasn't a crazy pass or anything. He just, obviously he went down, but it's like, uh, you know, it was Barsha. So he's, he's a piece of shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it's true.
0: No, I know exactly what you mean. Well, so, i think one of the things too is like there's always a reason why people act the way that they act right so it's like you've been aggressive forever and it's like that has to come from somewhere there's something that happened oh, yeah. when you're a kid there's there's trauma <laughs> there's something that went on when you were growing up that like that was the style of racing that you came up on like it just yeah. you know and i don't know maybe people don't know the story
1: yeah i would the story is (laughs) i went to mtf and you know i was i don't know how old I i was probably like 11 12 years old and that was the youngest kid there at the time and i went uh had a buddy of ours um Pablo he was from New York City he did like fitness classes and he actually ended up um, training Stuart um, James for a couple of years and like a great friend of mine um, he lives in Singapore now but anyways he paid for me a week to go to MTF um, and Colleen was stoked on me I guess and like liked my style and my riding and she got me hooked up with the Red Bull and I stayed there for like ever pretty much until I went pro and I was just a young kid and going up against these big bikes on, like, ragged out. I had the most ragged out equipment, and I just would send it, and I was – I don't know. I was, the aggressive thing came from just having to fight every day. I rode every day there, and I was just in a in a dog fight always. And I don't know. I just – that's, like, <laughs> was the style and the mentality. Even, like, I know Verb has some videos from back in the day, me there, like, fighting with the big big bikes, and, like, it was just always a – always a brawl. And I don't know how I never got my ass kicked there because I was always just mouthing off and, um, riding hard and, and yeah, I don't know. I was just full send. It was crazy, but yeah, that's definitely where it came from. And they, I mean, Colleen, Colleen loved it and like all the trainers there loved it. So I thought that was okay. Like, and yeah, obviously (laughs) sometimes, sometimes it's uh, a bit much and it seems like the last couple years the sport is changing a little in ways and they don't really want that anymore but then you have like supercross like we'll put it on the big screen and pump it up and like they they obviously want to make money money off it so it's like okay we're gonna find you (laughs) i don't think i've said so many fines from the AMA. it's jokes but like it's like they find you and then they put play it on the big screen next weekend so it's kind of like what do you guys like make your mind up? it's silly like like even the Jason thing this weekend like we're not we don't have to go into it or nothing but like I get, he did a tweet or something and um they had it on the big screen but they tell yeah. but they tell yeah. him like don't do that it's like you guys need to make up your mind did do I think Jason should have tweeted that N- no not at this professional of level I didn't I didn't know about it, it was hilarious I was in the press conference and someone's like did you see the tweet and I'm like don't know what you're talking about. It was like so awkward. And, and they're like, well, they put it on the big screen. And I was like, dude, I'm not on my cell phone. Like I, that's rad that Jason has the mental capacity to go on Twitter and do that while he's racing the day. But like, <laughs> I'm like trying to help my wife, my wife with the baby and like do all this stuff. I don't, I'm not like, I'm focused on the race. And so, yeah, I had no idea about it. So it caught me, up, caught me off guard I thought it was pretty wild, but uh yeah i don't know it's crazy <laughs> it's
0: uh it's funny that it's funny that you mentioned that because um dude, it's it's the case in every motorsport right and it's like it's this sp- it's the same everywhere so you get conor mcgregor throws a dolly into a yeah. bus that shatters the glass and like cuts the face of what fu- na- like that's fucking gnarly right and what do they They run that promo in like Times Square, dude? Like, they rent, <laughs> they rent the Jumbotron in Times Square and play that shit for the fight with Khabib. Guess what? That's the biggest fight of all time. So, yeah. you know, V8 supercars, it's the same thing. Like, that's Australia's NASCAR kind of deal, right? Yep. They fine you for doing burnouts after the race. And what do they do? They use that burnout in every single promo. For every single commercial that's on TV. So, it's it's the same in every sport. So, like, I kind of get it on the one hand, but then it's the messaging to the writers. is like, don't be a us, Don't do fucking... Don't do, like, dumb shit. But then it's like, but when you do do the dumb shit, we're definitely going to post it. <laughs> so, it's like... Uh, but as far as the, the tweet goes from Jason, it's like, I'm massive fans of both of you guys. No, I know. And yeah. it's like and i'm kind of here for it <laughs> no i mean <laughs> it, it's, it's good. like it's it's engaging yeah
1: no it is it's good for the sport and um yeah it's just funny i guess really cuz i'm like trying to move like be a little bit more adult somehow and obviously i'm still so so much of a kid inside so it's definitely funny and like they're like in the press conference they're like so are you going to retaliate when you caught him in the main event i'm like dude I'm literally just trying to race and I don't know what was going to happen. I was just going to try to pass him somewhere or another. (laughs) Like there was, I was, I, I, I everybody the same. Like, like I said, like even the pass on chase, like it wasn't dirty in my opinion. It was just an aggressive pass, but like, you know, I didn't think he was going to go down, but I I wouldn't erase anyone different. Like, I don't care if it's my like brother out there. Like I'm going to race him the same no matter what. So (laughs) it's definitely this stuff's good for the sport and you know, definitely they can be a bit, Uh, not too strict sometimes like there there's stuff that needs to be handled for sure but then other times it's just like just let us do our thing and be our our show our personalities
0: yeah and and i mean for whatever like i mean for better or worse like it's a it's a contact sport you know and and you can see that in the ufc like as soon as there's there can be the most technical like grappling on the fence or on the ground and if a dude's not gushing blood from his forehead the crowd's just like get up come on (laughs) so it's like in our sport the equivalent is dudes taking each other out so it's just like i mean it's harder and it i think it gets even harder for you guys because there's so much on the line and to win a championship nowadays it's like you've got to be so flawless to win a championship and it's like dude Two rounds in, Ando's 20 points back. It's like that's a, you know, that's like a chasm to overcome now.
1: Yeah, it's the sport is insane and how many races there are and things like that and how, yeah, we have to be really perfect even that first race in Anaheim I was so bummed I was like 11th place like what a loser <laughs> like I was just so bummed <laughs> on it like to lose <laughs> to lose that many points but uh yeah you we have to definitely be you know man there's so much on the line just like last year with with Mook yet yeah, Salt so Lake like I was going for you know third in the championship that was huge for me and like you know I, I got I got booed out of that stadium that was pretty intense I was like I never never got like popcorn and drinks and stuff like that thrown at me. So that was like, I, I, kind of loved it secretly. Like it was, it was quite the thrill, but it was intense as well. It was, it was cool. But yeah, like that was just like, they don't, people don't realize like how much is on the line and that we're, you know, we're, you know, we're risking our lives and sending it and, and people love watching that. So yeah, it's, uh, i don't know it's it's cool to see if, if, if we were all just straight line and follow the leader it'd be quite boring
0: oh dude 100 percent, man uh, is mookie like the one guy that this scares you when you take him out because i feel like there's not that many guys that are like super imposing that would really like fuck your shit up you know but i feel like if, if you got mookie mad enough then like there's definitely could be an issue
1: yeah, but I'm so silly because I'd like being at MTF as a kid, just like being so aggressive with these older guys. And like I said, I, I don't know how I never got beat up because now it, I still don't think that way. I'm just like, but yeah, Malcolm is a tank <laughs> and like West, I had Weston as a teammate back in the day and he was a tank. So it was kind of like, a, you don't really want to mess with those big guys, but at the same time, I just, my brain has this switch and I just don't think about anything like that while I'm racing. It's it's pretty <laughs> stupid. <laughs>
0: Uh, the mtf thing makes sense and also just kind of the new york thing like you just seem like like you you seem like the kind of guy that could run a new york pool hall you know what I mean? And <laughs> as soon as people started carrying on, you'd be like snapping ball cues and like sucking yeah. out of people. They'd be like, you don't fuck with JB, man. Uh, maybe, I don't
1: know. My my mom's quite tough in like New York, tough, so it's cool. And then my dad, he's pretty quiet and calm, so I just have a, I think I have a little bit of both of them, but I, my, when my dad gets to a level, like he would definitely, I feel like he would mess someone up big time. I never seen him do that, but I heard stories when he was a kid and like, like him like, getting like like beat with a baseball bat and just kept getting up and like fighting people off so yeah it's definitely get get some of this stuff from my parents for sure in the new york background and you know you come from new york you gotta be tough
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i mean it it was a tough place to grow up you know like there's definitely something to uh growing up in winter you know, and you've you've got to get through a New York winter like that. There's there's a reason why Russians are gnarly. You know, there's a reason why people from Boston are gnarly. There's a reason why yep. people from New York are gnarly. Like if if you have to if you have to walk through snow or like shovel snow in the morning <laughs> just to get to school as a kid, like if you're going through those kind of things, there's definitely something that kind of percolates inside that I think lends itself to to be in that fighting kind of spirit guy, you know? A
1: hundred percent. I think, uh, yeah, for me growing up, uh, we didn't come from much or have like a lot of money or stuff like that. So I always had to work really hard. And yeah, growing up in the snow was always gnarly. I remember being a little kid, I'd had a, I had a, a wheelbarrow and, I, and we lived on like these gravel roads and I'd throw my shovel in there and go house to house, like trying to shovel people's dryways. Like I just loved like that kind of work ethic. And, um, first, but I had a Z 50 and like, I would ride our, we had this yard and it had levels that dropped down and I'd have these circle tracks in each one of them. And I would come home from school and I would, I don't know what it was, but that's all I want to do is ride. And I'd literally do circles like for hours. I'd stop, get the rake out, like rake it water it and i'm talking like you know eight you know seven eight years old like just ever like not hanging out with kids just literally just so focused on doing circles on a z50 in the yard and i remember you know my dad was always working so um <laughs> i went in the the basement and got a, a drill and found some studs and like studded the tires and i was so stoked i went out down the road in, in the ice and was sending it and of course like Obviously, studs are going to go through the tire so flat instantly. So, I was like devastated about that. But I, o- I always just wanted to ride. Like, that was it. Like, I mean, I think that's why we do this is because we love riding. And for me growing up, that's all I wanted to do is just ride motorcycles 24 <laughs> 7.
0: Do you ever think now? Because, I mean, it's probably essentially the reason I started this podcast is I uh, just really don't know why the fuck I love this so much (laughs) But, but dude like every you know when I was a kid it was the same thing it was just like every single chance I got to ride like I'd do all the chores in the house and load the bikes up in the trailer so that as soon as dad got home he could actually take us riding and but I just like it's such a weird thing to be a kid right and to be so obsessed with something that just no like you said no one else is doing it like, like what is the thing between you and the bike
1: it's a sickness i think for sure like it's yeah i don't if you don't if you like yeah if you tell someone about riding or they just don't get it they won't understand it and like um i still have that for sure i still you know want to ride all the time and um me and amber have been talking and now we have you know our son here so it's like it's a hard one it's like you know I, I own a tr- I have a, my training facility Bamland or whatever and like it's like yeah how is this little guy not gonna want to ride dirt bikes like like that it's it's scary I could see how my parents probably were scared because you don't want to see your own like get hurt or it's like a dangerous sport so but it's at the same time like I you know if my parents told me I couldn't couldn't ride when I was younger I would have been devastated so it's one of them things where we're like we'll figure it out we'll cross that bridge when it comes but uh Yeah, I would rather him play, like, golf or, you know, basketball, football, you know, soccer, something like that. But, um, you know, this sport has given me well beyond whatever, anything I could ever imagine. You know, like I said, we came from New York, this little house and, you know, moved down to Georgia, MTF, lived in a camper forever. And now like, you know, I could afford nice things and have a nice house and take care of my family. And it's, uh, yeah, this sport's awesome. And I'm just motorcycles in general. Like, you know, obviously too, the hard thing about supercross, motocross, you know, we have to be so fit, train so much. So like, I see so much more to the sport, like for me, when I'm done racing, like, you know, I see you, you're doing stuff like going off road riding and doing stuff like that. Um, and also, like, I love bicycles. Like, that's a big passion of mine, too. So, there, like, when I do retire, there's just so much, like, opportunities. I feel like that I want to, like, yeah. explore and check out. So, it'll be, and, and obviously, my son will be getting older, too. So, it'll be just cool to, you know, do stuff with him and, you know, see what the future brings. But motorcycles definitely just can bring you anywhere and bring people together it's it's badass
0: i i i love hearing that you're one of the guys that likes riding because yeah. nothing breaks my heart more than just seeing a guy that you know they win a bunch of races and then they retire and then they're just like cool i'm done i don't want to ride anymore like fuck bikes whatever and i'm just like ah oh, man that just sucks that it hurt you like that and it left that like emotional scar because we just got into this for such pure reasons, you know, like it it just, if you take it all away, then you, and it was just you on the bike. Like it'd be so hard for that relationship to really go sour.
1: Yeah. And honestly, I've been through that though. Like, um, My last year at jgr when we went suzuki i was i was done i was uh i was gonna just call it quits i was just so uh, man i was through the ringer just like these ups and downs these so many injuries and i lost i lost the love for the sport i was just training and riding but it just wasn't fun um so i took some time off actually went over to the uk spent time with amber and met all her friends and just man just had such a good time actually got a bike and rode like a day or something and I that's the first time I ever put on some weight because like, I just was doing nothing like that was wild I was just like doing <laughs> absolutely nothing just eating everything in sight um and then my buddy um Tim he owns a suspension company back in Michigan and he called me he's like hey what are you doing I'm like uh, I'm in the UK just hanging out chilling and he's like well do you want to race the monster cup and I was like well sounds cool, but like, I yeah, I don't have a bike or haven't been doing anything. He's like, well, let's figure it out. So we, um, got hooked up with uh, Morgantown power sports. They hooked me up with a, uh, a Honda and I just practiced on that thing at MTF for a bit. And it, I was, it was, yeah, I was, I mean, that bike took a beating. It was stock. It was, I ragged it out for a couple <laughs> weeks, like two, three weeks. And, um, yeah. And we put Tim, Tim and his wife, Heather and me, we just put this program together and we went and raced a Monster Cup and it was actually crazy because we flew out well, no, Tim Tim drove out to California. I flew out. Um we went to actually Hemet. It was only it was like so backyard this track. It was wild It was before the new owner has it now as well, so it was really backyard. And we're testing um with twisted um getting the engine the engine was so fast it was insane fastest by the fastest bike i actually cr- i actually crashed on the start of monster cup because the bike was so fast um but
0: really yeah
1: oh no dude it was so it was that elevated start and went down and it lit it, it lit up on the the metal uh,
0: on the ply and then hooked up on the dirt yeah,
1: yeah and it ca- i cartwheeled down the the hill it was on the press day it was bad and i destroyed the bike and i had to go to honda and like beg for parts it was pretty hilarious <laughs> but <laughs> yeah it was crazy but um yeah no we are anyways go back a little bit Yeah, we were testing one day in california before monster cup and i get this phone call and it's keith mccarty and he's like hey uh Millsap's just got hurt um will you race the monster cup before us and this was literally like two days before the monster cup and i was like man this could be career changing for me like to get you know the door just opened I thought I was retiring and done and now you know Keith McCarty calls me and I literally had to like on the spot I just something clicked in my head and I was like listen man I'm so grateful for this opportunity but I I just can't do it it's not possible like I put together this huge program and um you know I just can't do it I hope you understand and please like let me know if uh, this opportunity is available after the monster cup and uh so that was, that was quite scary, honestly, because turning down, you know, factory Yamaha, that yeah, was like, dude. to me, to me, like, yeah, that's, that's huge. So anyways, we went and raced and we were the best Japanese bike. Like we were battling and I was out of shape and it was, it was actually, I but I had fun. That was the biggest thing. I had fun racing. Um, and I had key sponsors that stayed with me, Alpine Stars, Arai, Scott, they backed me huge for that. And it was just a good feeling doing it kind of like out of a pickup truck feeling and yeah yeah, yeah. oh it was it was so much fun and yeah then that's kind of how the door opened again Keith uh we worked out I went I stayed in California I went test tested with him a bit and yeah just you know I was at Yamaha for a couple of years then so that was uh yeah it's crazy how things work the doors can open when they're closing <laughs>
0: yeah man and it was that's what I think is so impressive about your career it's the same like um Christian Craig he come and did this last week and I mean he's another dude like he he was like literally done like two years away from the sport completely and and then to come back and then to win a like a West Coast Lights title and get a 450 ride like the the way that the way that careers are happening nowadays it it's so different to how it used to be in the past day. Eh? It was like, if you were done, you were done. Like, like once it was over, there's no coming back. But it, it seems like a few guys have been able to kind of like come back better in almost like the second half of, of their career. You know, like if you think of, I mean, Yamaha was a little bit of a struggle, but it's like, as soon as you get on this gas gas, I mean, it's like, dude, you, you might be like as good as you've ever been. And it's, we're just so not used to seeing that. And I mean, dude, three of you guys on the podium this weekend all dads like we didn't see that when James Ricky and Chad were racing you know
1: no the times have definitely changed um yeah three dads on the podium that's wild yeah because it's usually like man it's a young man's sport or it was anyway and it seems like the times have are, are changing for sure and it's quite cool because you know I I do feel like you just said like I think I'm at the the best riding and the best mental game of my career. And I, I know what I want and I'm comfortable and I'm not scared to like stand up for myself yeah. and, you know, and work with the team and I have a good team behind me and I feel like gas, gas, man, that was like a blessing because like, I just needed this fresh start and it opened up and TK believed in me for sure. And, um, you know, to get back with Red Bull and a new brand, <sighs> it's like, it's like, unreal really it's been yeah it's been awesome and yeah definitely um, I feel like you know obviously like I said recently in a couple interviews I'm on my contract year but I believe I'm going to continue with them for a couple more years and hopefully do stuff with them after so that'll be pretty rad to build this uh, relationship with the brand and I feel like I'm a pretty good fit for the brand like it's always we always say we're the fun team and like the kind of bam bam stuff so it's been yeah it's been fun and they actually you know i know you always get stoked on my bam tv stuff which i get stoked that you get stoked on it because i get stoked on your stuff um so like they there's <laughs> <laughs> like they're always like they love the bam tv they actually like help us out with it and stuff and get jacked to races so um it's just man it's just a, a mint fit
0: yeah i mean that that's like literally what it is it's just the perfect fit it's like the brand the brand that needed the writer, and the writer that needed the brand, essentially. You know, like you, you needed to go to a place that was going to let you be you, and then they needed a writer that was going to be able to kind of like deliver the messaging that that they wanted to, you know, get delivered. And man, I just think like, imagine if you retired, and we never got to see Bam TV. Like we, like I feel like we had Bam Bam the nickname but we never got to see bam bam the person and i feel like since you sit dude episode one of bam tv was just like you literally dropping the mic and being like righto people this is who i am if you don't like it eat a dick (laughs) uh
1: literally yeah it's uh Yeah, if this the BAM TV stuff wouldn't happen, that would have been quite sad because I wouldn't. No one would ever known like my personality probably and how I am. So yeah, it was me and Jack were always wanting to do it for years and years and years. But I was always in these tough positions or at these teams that I was just struggling with. So there was never a good opportunity. We were always filming, messing around. But then when the gas, gas, and it all came together, we're like, all right, let's let's do it. And yeah, it's and it's it's not hard to do like jack just jack's really good at filming and obviously really good at editing so it's just like and i'm we're friends so i can just be myself and obviously he's not gonna like put in something in there to like hurt or have hurt or jeopardize like my career so i can trust him and just be myself and and have a good time with it
0: yeah um, dude it's like i mean jack's a whole nother conversation like i just think that we've also like you bought to the sport and not just the sport but like like you gave jack a platform to showcase like his abilities and like that like what he does is like that's what i've spent the last 15 years doing so like the respect i have for him like he's fucking good man like really yeah really good like as he's top level and i mean you gave him that chance and then to see what he did with ricardo like he, he has a crazy career ahead of him man 100%
1: Jack is yeah he he doesn't he doesn't know I don't think like I mean hopefully he knows but he like or just like for me like or anybody that's really good at something like you don't really give yourself enough credit a lot of the times and the way Jack can catch stuff on his camera and then edit it and yeah like went and worked with Daniel a little and like, yeah, he, for me, if I didn't have, I couldn't. So like we talk about it, I couldn't do BAM TV without Jack and he couldn't do it without me. So it's like, you know, it was just a perfect fit. And like I said, we go way back, like, you know, his dad's legend of a surgeon in Tallahassee worked works on every racer. So he's, his dad's done tons of surgery on me. I always go by their house, go bicycle riding with them. And so we've just known each other forever and like, it's just come come full circle and like even me and Jack we've spent so much time together like I've rented an excavator and he helped me build my outdoor track one year like we just do stupid stuff it's great
0: that's cool man and I I thought like I think about that with Jack too with knowing that his dad is you know that kind of like he's a well-known surgeon it's probably a lot of pressure being his son to like I don't know like succeed you know what I mean like he's there's probably a lot of pressure from his family or there was at one point like well you know you could be a doctor like you could be a surgeon and then you know like I and I know from me until you're fully killing it people look at you with a camera and think like fuck are you doing bro <laughs> you know like you vlog you're vlogging for your mates so it's like for him to kind of go all in and back himself the way that he has and to produce the results that he has like i mean yeah it's like it's gnarly the what he's done um and yeah i think he deserves like a lot of props and and credit because yeah he he is killing it
1: yeah for sure yeah he definitely like he went to college at fsu and was pursuing that career probably to be a doctor or something and he just wasn't feeling it and he got a camera started filming mtf coming up coming out to my track and I, i remember the first time he came out i was like dude what are you doing like just with this like janky camera and and now like look at him now crushing it working for major bicycle brands and like yeah it's unreal pat jacks yeah legend
0: nah that's cool so did you did you have in your like cuz for me it's like we've had the coolest rider in the sport or like one of the coolest guys to come along in the sport is like this 2020 onwards justin barsha and it's like that guy was always there like you've always been that dude but you just never showed that to the industry or that was never outwards facing I mean what was the reasons for never showing that and then what was the reason for finally just being like fuck it or you know like where I guess where was your thought process on that because like I said if you retired we just don't get to know this dude and it's I think it's like a yeah there's there's a legacy that you'll leave behind in this sport and I think as well like the bam tv kind of connects all the dots in a sense it's like so if you never release bam tv and we don't get to see this side of you then it's like your entire lights career all of it it's like kind of unanswered in a sense but as soon as bam tv gets released it's like oh this all makes sense now (laughs)
1: oh man i wish someone was filming all the stupid things i've done like when i when I left MTF, I was like, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was crazy. When I left MTF, um, I went across the street, GPF, did it like a half year there and we were looking for a piece of property. Um, and I was still living with my parents. So, um, found a piece of property, had uh, dream tracks come and, and build a super Rose track. And I lived, lived out there in my motor home and just, just was like sending it just like, and sending it as in like, I, I never, drank or partied or did any of that kind of stuff. I was just all like, <laughs> like riding four wheelers on the property, like work, <laughs> working on the tracks, like, um, airsoft wars, like just all just such stupid stuff that if we had videos of some of this stuff, it would be make some of the most unreal things. And I'm sure every, a lot of people say that, but man, it was crazy. And even, um levi Kilberger was a really good buddy of mine he him his dad bought um honda troy like they the team kind of that team was done forever so he they took it over or whatever um and like the second year i had the property they based the team out of my track and uh it's the story is like it was so crazy they would have their semi there and mechanics like so the like the team leader was justin shanty which is uh mechanic mechanic yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so yeah. i always see shanty at the races and we always like have these funny jokes and stuff and we used to do just like such silly stuff i used to get on top of their semi and like just or just and i always was getting naked and stuff like just stupid like you know um <laughs> that danny duncan on youtube his stuff like, yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think yeah. his stuff's so funny, and I feel like I kind of feel like he's like me, but I'm um, like, I have to be like kind of more professional, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> so, you, so, you've just had full blown ADD your entire life, essentially. Oh, That's what yeah. you're saying,
1: yeah, just loose cannon ADD. And how we made the decision to do this finally was uh, I, I just feel like why or why we didn't do it sooner was just because. I wasn't, I mean, almost like one of those things where I wasn't really, you almost like you're not comfortable like with yourself maybe, or don't want to like show people that you're true thing. Like you're supposed to be, I don't know, in this sport, it seems like you're supposed to be this like white collar kind of guy and like, kind of like nothing uh, wrong with Dungey or anything like that, but you're supposed to be like, kind of like him, like super serious and just win races. And that's how, how I felt. But then finally I was just like, whatever, I'm, I'm happy with the place I'm at in life and the new team. And, and Jack was in the position where he could, you know, he had enough like built up money where he could come and do some work where I, you know, didn't have to pay him yet or whatever like that. And we just like swung the bat and it was kind of like a home run it worked out good and now we now we're actually able to to do it yeah we don't we don't make money off it or whatever but um you know jack's able to do it and get more jobs and do open new opportunities and stuff like that so yeah just just kind of worked out
0: yeah man i'm so glad that you did it i'm so glad every i mean i'm sure everyone's so glad that that you did it as well because you're right like it just you know i think that and I I feel like I've probably spoken about it before but it it takes like a there's like this this a circle right and it's like this is what's acceptable and then that's like you you could call this like cool normal and then it just takes like someone stepping outside the circle a little bit that's respected enough and then has enough conviction to like not jump back in the circle you know so yeah. it's like Then all of a sudden, you start to get it's like you give people a a license to do that themselves or take it as far as you're taking it. And I think about people like Sher and Madonna, like as crazy as that sounds, like you know, when I was growing up, when I was like really young, there was like Madonna was shocking to people, you know. And now you look at all of the pop stars that followed along Madonna and you get like the Christina Aguilera's and blah blah blah, like weird reference, but it's like it takes a chick to step outside of that circle. And and so I think that when you do it and you're this guy that's like, he's won titles, won 450 main events, like motocross and eight, like the credentials are there. You're not just some dude <laughs> that can't ride and is trying to like be funny because you can't get results. So it's like you take a leap to go outside of the circle. And then it's like, you're laying the foundation for other guys in the sport to to do it, you know? And that's why, same thing with Ando, you know, like, he's a guy that, same deal, like, he's got his own style completely, like, he's, he's like, Jason Anderson could easily be one of those, like, core street BMX riders, (laughs) you know what I mean? That there's, like, doesn't give a fuck, sends a shit, like, films everything on old cameras, like, he could totally be a, a different dude, or, like, a surfer, like, a Sonny Garcia gnarly surf guy, like, he just runs his own program, so it's, like, same deal with him, he starts Team Fried, and it's, like, steps out of the circle, the more of you guys that are kind of doing that, like, you just what you're doing right now is like you're paving the gen the the way for the next generation to to come out and be themselves and give us that personality and give people you know someone to follow and someone to love and someone to like really care whether you win or lose and even with like the aggressive writing shit it's like there's people out there that will tune in and like hope you don't do good but it's like that's like people tuning in to Mayweather to watch him lose. Like I've been that guy a bunch of times. Doesn't mean I don't like Mayweather or don't, you know, respect what he does. Like I'm tuning in to watch what, what he's doing. So it's like, I just think it's, it's so much more important to me anyway, than what it might look like on face value. It's just, it's not a YouTube video. Like it actually means something culturally for our sport.
1: 100%. It's uh it's cool and I never really looked at it that way but it's definitely you know looking at that way now it's pretty pretty cool and yeah hopefully like even like you know Jet he has like I don't know Jet very well at all but he obviously insane rider but his personality seems like what I see like little clips sometimes and stuff seems really funny and it like does the donut stuff and so I feel like once he you know because he's not doing like the YouTube and really showing it too much yet once he hopefully he does that eventually it'll be it'll you know hopefully does it sooner or later it'll just explode it'll be sick so there's a i think there's hopefully a lot of riders coming up that will just be themselves and show their personality and have fun because a lot of a lot of us have just kind of had our hands tied and didn't want to do that so yeah hopefully now with a lot of us showing our personalities it'll open those those doors that'll that'll be good good for the sport it's uh just makes it more fun and you know they always like even when we do like supercross intros motocross intros they're like trying to show your personality but it's staged so you're just it's kind of like this is kind of lame and now you know they're wanting that but now we're able to you know do it for ourselves and show people what we're actually like because that on supercross what you get to watch you know 20 minutes race you don't get to see personality you just get to see bar banging supercross race in action
0: yeah yeah were were you self-conscious before you put the first one out like were you worried the way that it would be received like was it a nervous kind of like post your first video like oh, all right, let's see what happens
1: no um it was like what is acceptable and not acceptable because i take it so what like you see now that's like a five there's a ten so <laughs> like we're like <laughs> yeah, so like yeah, what yeah. what what can we do without having like you know gas gas of so the team come to us and go like dude like you can't do that so um there's there's yeah we, we before the videos come out and jack will like he'll send it to us beforehand and we'll be like ah, oh, mate, like think that parts can't go in like so it's stuff like that <laughs> yeah, or then yeah. it's good too as well because we'll send it to tk and tk will be like no that's cool that's all right like so um no i wasn't worried because i thought it, i like I, I hate watching myself or hearing my voice. So I don't even like I watch them obviously, but I'm just like, I don't like like hearing my voice or watching myself, like obviously watching myself ride or whatever. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I'm not that like, I'm not self-conscious about it, but um, I just don't like hearing myself talk.
0: <laughs> nah, no, that's fair. I don't listen to any of the podcast either. So you're not alone in that. <laughs> I get so I get so bummed when it's a good one, like when everyone was so pumped on the Steve Astaphan one, and I was getting so many messages, so many messages, and then I was like, "Fuck, maybe I need to listen to it." And then I started it, and I heard the intro, and I was like, "I fucking doing this."
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's hard to I I don't know. Some people can do it, but yeah, I'm not one of them. But yeah, it's good. You you have such a mix of people. That's what's really good about the show. Like, yeah, getting Steve on here, like that's. He has such a a different perspective of racing compared to a racer, just racers. So, yeah, getting different people on and different sports and, yeah, it's super rad.
0: No, I appreciate that, bro. I think one of the best things as well with the the BAM TV stuff, I mean, I know it's not where you're at right now and what you're thinking about right now, but you just made a brand, you know, like you can go and do that anywhere. And it's, yeah, it was cool to hear you say before that you – want to go do trips and you want to go do you know different things once you're done like dude just even the mountain biking trips that you could do like imagine going into you know you go into whistler or bc and you're like riding that bike park and then it's like literally trying to find a, a dope motocross track on instagram and it's like you just the flood of private insane tracks in canada that would get thrown at you and then it's like mo- moto in the morning mountain bike in the afternoon and filming it and you know when you're retired and you can even be a bit more loose than you are now like bro people are gonna what like you be 37 38 <laughs> 30 40 who gives a fuck like people are still gonna want to watch you ride a mountain bike a dirt bike and you know and even the, the mountain biking stuff like it's crazy the amount of people that like that's a way bigger industry than than moto even
1: yeah, it's huge, but yeah, definitely Bam TV. Now that it's kind of we've built a little bit, it's not even big at all. Like we just we get some good views here and there, or whatever. But uh, it's just gonna explode when I retire because I, there's gonna be zero filter. Like it's just gonna be so silly, <laughs> and I'm just gonna do whatever. And we're gonna be older and having fun with it. But um, yeah, the the I have I don't know why I'm so passionate about bicycles, but obviously I always. I think one thing about, but I've started bicycles training and then I had a trainer that, you know, racing the tour de France and like, I've just been around the bicycle stuff and now I have personal sponsors and relationships in the bicycle industry. So like I ride for Cannondale um, and my pretty much my biggest sponsor um, is zip. So zip makes like, carbon fiber like in the u.s all their it's like sick wheels and handlebars and stuff like that so it's like um they do insane stuff and they're owned by SRAM so sram makes like all the components yeah and yeah yeah so yeah they're huge yeah. massive but i don't know like i'm just super passionate about bicycles I, I love fitness and then but i like the fun side of it as well so i like like cyclocross i don't know if you know cyclocross or not it's kind of like they race bicycles yeah. like yeah like in in a park or like all over europe and stuff so i and then i'm obviously Amber's from the uk so i'm like oh, i can do that when i retire and uh, i like mountain biking i like these endurance races like and i have these opportunities now to do this stuff but our series is so long so there's no chance yeah, you like, just can't we, do it no you can't do it so definitely excited about the bicycle stuff in the future and obviously like building my relationship um, back up with Red Bull because I wasn't with him for so long. So I hope, like, in the future, hopefully I can do some cool stuff like kind of what Sipes was doing and, like, just just random stuff on a bike and, and just, just riding, you know, not even... And, and I like... Like, that's why I'm super... I love I love racing as well, so I I have to keep racing in, in some sort of sort of way, um, and I don't anything with the engine. I like cars, uh, you guys, anything. It's it's crazy. I just love it all. But there's, yeah, I don't know. When I retire, <laughs> it's gonna good. be yeah. <laughs> li- honestly, honestly, like we're yeah, we have a yeah. Life is actually really good. It's sick, <laughs>
0: <laughs> dude. Yeah, I mean, I spend so much of my time thinking about what the most fucked up thing i could do on a bike is like in terms of a trip or a ride. Ra- like i just feel like i need two or three things a year that i'm doing that is like way over my head completely unprepared for but just like in it you know and like i love i always think about the analogy of like a roller coaster like it's like tick tick and you like go on you clicking your way up and then once you drop off like once you're on that ride you're on that ride you ain't getting off so it's like some of the trips we do it's like what you you get day one in and it's like you're just not going home you've got two more weeks of wet boots wet socks stinky riding gear like you're gonna have no rear tire by the end of it you're probably gonna cartwheel a few times like four or five bikes won't make it That, that to me like i just don't i don't know why that shit just makes me so happy
1: Oh, no, I agree 100%. And it's just uh, like, for instance, what's that race The where they go? It's so insane. It's like a week long and they do – it's the Red Bull event and they go up those crazy rock hills. Like, uh, or Erzberg? Erzberg. Like, like, I don't know. Like, I, I just see that and I'm just like, gosh, I would I – it sounds so stupid, but I'm like, I'd love to do that because – i don't know i think it's something that like in in us like a lot of us anyway where we're just like sick and we just want to suffer but it's also like that challenge <laughs> so i will i ever do that race uh, who knows but um it would be quite fun and i i don't know i i love trail riding um i have a good story actually about that i uh when i was on <laughs> yeah it's, this is funny you like this um <laughs> when i was at geico we did a boot camp at um laracco's house which was like 10 minutes down the road from um redbud um it was like me um eli wilhan bogle um, there's a couple other guys um but Mike had us doing all this kind of crazy stuff and the the engines were quite finicky back then so like we blew up a ton of bikes so like I Mike had like this enduro bike and we were doing these like timed time trials through the woods and I got on this 450x because my bike was broken Uh, Will told me the story the other day we were and they were sitting there waiting for me and all I could hear is like trees crashing down and like a headlight and <laughs> the 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 horn honking wide open and i just come like bashing through the trees like crazy i don't know you'd have to be there in person it was probably awesome i can't i can't even i can remember it a little bit but that was one of those trips that it was so Oh, we were so we were it was like an off weekend and we did this boot camp and we were all so smoked and um there was this gentleman um we called him the water boy he was giving us this alkaline water and we were all shitting ourselves like and like we were like over lorak was so gnarly so we were all like over trained and like now i think about it and i was like those are the days man that was we hated it at the time but (laughs) uh, those were the days
0: Dude, that's so good. I can just imagine a 450X just being like, arr, arr, oh no, because <laughs> the, the, the th- yeah,
1: the throttle limiter on those are like, like probably like 2000 RPM, so it's like a soft limiter. So I was just so like horny on it. Like, <laughs> 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 like that was great. We, we broke, poor, poor Laroque. we broke everything. He had two Charles bikes, we broke those, yeah, the XR70s, like, we destroyed everything he gave us. Uh, he's probably like, wow, this idiots ruined everything I own.
0: <laughs> Dude, that's so good. We, uh, we do this race. There's a, a series here called Transmodo and uh, <clears throat> it's basically like you get a two man, three man or four man team. And then it's either six, eight or 12 hours. And mm-hmm. so it, it's always like half motocross or like half natural terrain grass track. And then half of it's just pegged up through the, through the woods and then they they mark it out and dude they're just the most fucking fun events in the world eh? like when and when you get the track good it's just like i think that's why people get so addicted to surfing is because it's just not good all the time so like a really good day is just as rare as rocking horse shit and like we've got some of those we've got some of those days dude at uh, those trans motos where the track is like porn dude and like so ruts sick. that are just like folding up over themselves and you can't even you can't even hit the rut unless you're like fully leaned and uh just to spend 6 hours riding with your mates and then like everyone's you you smoked like I couldn't even load my bike last time we did it cuz I ended up doing like a bunch of just extra laps without the transponder cuz the track was so good so I was yeah. like I don't know man that those days like you just can't beat that you just you're not in your head at all the entire day
1: no you don't even think about anything you're just riding out of fun actually i have a buddy um his dad owns a a big rv company that's who i got my rv from that i bought it from and he does this he did this event this year i've never seen the event it's like up in like new hampshire there that's where they're from and i saw jimmy d was up there and it's like they were like doing like canoeing and like the sickest like up there up the north they have the sickest tracks like and i was like dude they do it once a year and i was like hey i'm gonna be there when i retire because that looks like doing stupid like stupid fun riding stuff like that like oh it looked so good like even like racing a canoe like what in your gear but it looked just like so much fun
0: uh, dude, I'm excited for you to do Erzberg. If you ever do that race, I'll come and do it with you. Because I think there's like, I think there's categories where there's like the gold category, which is like the hardest one. And then I think there's like a C class kind of deal. So yeah, I'll definitely get like a 302 stroke and, <laughs> and just come and fucking cartwheel it down some rocks.
1: <laughs> It'll be sick. I'm going to hold you to that for sure. Hopefully, we can get Red Bull to get us the, the inside scoop on that one day.
0: Dude, definitely. Have you have you ever watched like the um, like Western beach race and those beach races and shit like that?
1: Yeah, all those. I'm, dude, I'm telling you, anything racing, I'm into. Like, I don't. So I don't really watch too many like sports. Like, I'm not that into like football or anything like that. But anything cars, motorcycles, <sighs> racing in general. And yeah, those. Like, what was that last Red Bull event they just did? That was kind of like on the beach, but they like like some like. Like the guy hit the like turn oh, Was that, that Travis's thing? thing? Oh, yeah, I don't know. He did like a backflip. I think it was like a circus thing. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. But like that all that kind of stuff just gets me so like frisky. I'm like, this looks like a good time. And I'm like kind of like <laughs> thinking, and I'm, I'm Amber. Would, Amber would be so bum, but I'm like, oh, I could build something like that in the backyard for the Stasics for the boy. Like he could like do this little. And he's like, I'm like, he's <laughs> yeah. gonna have some cool. He's gonna have some fun if he wants to have fun. But also if he wants to like read books, that's cool too. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: that's so funny. Yeah, I just you're like uh, you're a lot like Jack Miller. He is just same deal where it's like you're farm boy how many bikes can i ride and fuck in one day he's like moto gp in season and he'll ride like a, K, a, a kdm 450 a 252 stroke a 125 and then he'll ride like an 03 125 that I tried to ride and we're, like, on his arena cross track and I'm, like, zero chance. Like, I'm fucking not going to ride that. And then he's, like, hitting the triple on it and shit. I'm just like, bro, there's, something is, like, not okay with what, you're, what you've what you got going on right now.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like Daniel. He's the highest level in F1 and he likes to do crazy stuff. You got Jack. He likes to do that crazy stuff in, in, in MotoGP guy. And then you have me, the motocross stuff. And then, like, for instance, even, like, I went to a Gas Gas launch and it was like, it was every dealership in the US, Canada and they were had like a ride there. It was like a uh, reach track up there in North Carolina and they had every bike. And I just was like yeah, <laughs> hit, hitting every bike. Like I think I was supposed to be like in a tent hanging out, like talking autographs. And I just like, couldn't, I just kept riding the bikes like one two five 250 <sighs> Like, oh, it was, it was such a, it was such a good time. But, um, yeah, I just, we just something in our blood. We just love it. And we probably shouldn't like do this crazy stuff sometimes, but obviously when it comes to, Time to go racing and in season and do that stuff. We just have that switch and get it done.
0: Yeah. What? um Have you got any mountain bike races that's on your your bucket list? Or like what? So cycling. Like what cycling are you? What gets you the most horny when it comes to bicycle stuff?
1: <laughs> um, man, I really like the cyclocross stuff, and I I think it's kind of and the reason I really think I like it is because it would fit um, my type of like endurance really well it's like not a super long race um and so it's intensity and you you go off a start and you have these little jumps and tight corners and like you're allowed to kind of smash into each other and stuff because there's like really like sharp corners <laughs> I was waiting st- for it. yeah yeah so um that i did one um when i was at jgr in north carolina and i i was only able to do one and i was actually sick and but i it was so much fun like i just had the best time so the cyclocross definitely gets me excited and it's so huge in Europe. Like there's a big scene to it. They just the, like finished the world championships or something. I was watching those guys. like the one guy I really like on the bicycles is um, Tom Pitcock. He's like this kid that's like insane on bicycle. He raced the tour de France, but like he could be the, the winner of the tour de France for sure. But he does everything. Every, he races everything. Mountain. Yeah, his skills, right. on, his skills on mountain biker are insane. um, Road bikes, like he could be the Tour de France winner for sure, and maybe he will be because he's on a badass team. And but they just let him race everything. He's he's from the UK. I've, I've never met him. I don't know him, but he he seems like just a, a legend.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude, that's so gnarly. Like to be, a like a multi-disciplined dude in mountain biking would be so gnarly, man. Like one of my buddies, Jack Moyer, he was racing um, downhill for like he was doing all the world cup downhill stuff right loses his ride and then that last seat on the table is the um the enduro world cup goes out wins it
1: yeah <laughs> yeah it just, he's just
0: like the man he's like had this whole another career
1: yeah when you have talent you can just and and then if you if something connects and you believe in yourself you could go do this on your own like it's sick like i have a buddy after anaheim actually my buddy mitch he rides for canadale he does downhill stuff and like, it was watching this dude on the, on a bicycle, like the stuff he was hitting and doing, I was just like, like, I'm okay on a mountain bike, but this was just like mind blowing. Like the skill level he had, like the stuff he was jumping and going down. I was just like, those guys are unbelievable.
0: Is that the dude that you went riding with after A1 and it was in the video?
1: Yes. Yep yeah he yeah, yeah he yeah ribs. no he and that was like nothing like he was just playing around like he does yeah the skill levels these guys have and that that's what's cool about being with these brands that are other than you know motorcycles i get to meet so many cool people and and like build these new relationships and friendships and like when i'm done like we were actually talking about it after he left he's like dude i have these sick races you would really like to do we could do them and so yeah it's sick <laughs>
0: Man, uh, I actually, racing BMX and downhill mountain bikes, that's what I actually did before motocross. Like, because I just wasn't allowed to have a dirt bike for the longest time. And, uh, and my uncle, actually, in the 90s, he built all of the UCI downhill tracks. So I kind of, like, had this, you know, like, mountain bikes was, like, the thing. And, uh, man, the, the, how far bikes have come in the last, you know, 20-odd years... I think that's another thing that's really exploded the sport because like the shit that you can do now on like a 150 enduro bike, like that's not, 150 is like not even really enduro these days, you know, but like a 150 mil travel bike, holy fuck, you can send those things, man. But like when I was a kid, we were breaking frames almost every time that you did a race
1: yeah I I, the bicycles are insane now how it's it's a little bit scary how light they are and the stuff you can do on them like like are these actual actually that strong but they are but um like for even today like today obviously is like you know we race san diego today's a chill day and um like I go I do a bike ride in the morning and I had to take amber to do something I got sunny with me and I'm like (laughs) I have I just got this brand new mountain bike frame it's a hard tail and like with COVID still like it's, they're still recovering from parts like to try to, to get stuff. So yeah. I found, th- found this bicycle shop and I took him with me and like, I was in the bike shop. I bought, I'm like, I like, so, like I'm not the kind of guy that's kind of like, I'm not like, um, a mooch like i don't like i can get free stuff from my sponsors but like if they don't have it or whatever i like went to this bicycle sh- bicycle shop and like support the sport like that's saw jack i sent it to yeah. picture jack jack and he's i he's like man you got that fork quick and i said yeah i just i just went and bought it like it's like i just love dirt bikes bicycles and like i can take my kid to a bicycle shop and like it's like i don't it's yeah it's crazy having a kid now though like going like being alone with him and going places was is pretty surreal that was like it was cool today I was like just pushing him around and like he's just like chilling and I'm in a bicycle shop buying parts it was it's special <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's just straight up dad life right there like being pumped on taking your kid to buy bike parts—that's that's, that's <laughs> like as fucking g as it gets.
1: <laughs> no, literally, I don't know. It's uh that's just how I am. It's it's cool though. Yeah, I was like super stoked. Like, yeah, I think I dropped Amber because when we're in California, I just get a rental car. Like, I and I got a Tesla rental car from Hertz, and I was—it's probably a mistake because I've been driving around all day and not like following the battery. And like I, I told you, I got here and it's at six percent, and there's like not a charger that nearby. So I'm like. <laughs> This whole time, this whole time, mate, I'm thinking of like I'm probably gonna have to call AAA and get a tow to like a charger.
0: <laughs> oh, dude, that's so fucked. It
1: is. It is.
0: Uh, good stuff. I feel like there's. I feel like there's probably a, a real art to owning a Tesla and like knowing where to go and this that whole that whole deal. You know, I feel like renting a Tesla is probably oh, not the move
1: no, it's not the move at all. And it's not for me. Like some guy was like uh commented on my Instagram. Cause it was like, we were at the track and we're in a Tesla and he's like, Oh, Tesla sick. And I was like, yeah, I'd rather have an iPad and a Prius. <laughs> like, it was, it's just like like having to like it's cool it's good like maybe for the environment and stuff like that's rad but like we're love motorcycles and stuff and we blow smoke everywhere like that's not our thing really but i was like oh, tesla. <laughs> Te- like i see all the young kids now like, like getting teslas and stuff in the sport you can see the sport changing and they're, like oh teslas and i was like i i kind of want to still feel young like get a tesla and no it's not the move for me and even the bad thing is Jack you know obviously Jack films everything and I think you might have seen on the last video like me making fun of Tesla's and then Jack saw me in a Tesla and he's like dude you're uh, just yeah. bashing all these guys what's going on I'm like oh, I don't know
0: <laughs> dude it's so funny the uh, the the electric thing is going to be cool though when it gets to bikes like the uh, obviously not who you're sponsored by but like dude the Stark is just like a mind-blowing thing for just not even like the performance or whatever but just the fact that we're gonna have an electric dirt bike that like people are just gonna be able to ride in the craziest places dude like honestly I think it's gonna the electric side of the sport is just gonna blow it up deluxe like it's never people are never gonna let go of like the gas powered engines but yeah as far as like dude i'm just give me the electric dirt bike all day long
1: Yeah, like, even when Kenny did that thing before the season, riding all the bikes and did that road to electric bike, that was, like, it just, and Kenny's really smooth, so it just looked like like butter on a track. It was like, this is sick. But, yeah, honestly, obviously, like, it's going to be difficult for him for sure, and I'm sure they're seeing that, and it's hard, and, like, the first – you know that what was it the altar whatever honestly they didn't make it which was a bummer because that looked like a pretty cool thing and so hopefully these guys can make something happen and then you know it's just one person has to start something and then all the other companies will follow hopefully but it'll, it'll definitely be yeah it'll be nuts
0: dude like the amount that you love riding like you getting a gas gas eat like electric bike is you just the froth level that you'll have on that thing that'll actually be some scary content that you'd be able to make
1: yeah, and then I, you could put a mic on and still probably hear us. That which that would be insane. Uh, oh, <laughs> for sure, crazy. man. But like for instance, um, even you know the Gas Gas has those little E fifties. Um, yeah. Tro- obviously, Troy Lee's like <laughs> living legend. He has a a track in his in his yard in Laguna on top. It's called Top of the World, and it's insane. Like he threw like a little party, and I was just spinning laps with the kids. It was like that was some, that's probably one of the most fun times I had riding a bike. And we're talking about a mini E 50. So imagine a full grown human size electric bike. Yeah. Be sick.
0: With 80 horsepower.
1: Scary. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like ridiculous dude. Uh, be- before when you were, you were talking about walking into the mountain bike shop with Sunny, and it's just like you and him and you buying parts. It's like, that is just the simple life you know and there's probably like so i remember i was up just by happenstance sitting in the office of jared from J Star when you called about returning a lambo oh gosh (laughs) that was not one of your (laughs) lips oh
1: that's one that was that's a story there yeah that was stupid um that's so stupid yeah that's a good yeah
0: so to talk about the, um, to talk about like the change of human from like, just wanting to go in to buy you know mountain bike parts with your son to a kid that was <laughs> returning a fucking Lamborghini, like there's yeah, that, a pretty big change there.
1: Yeah, that was so funny. I remember I think I won my first championship and uh, me and my mom were out in California. And I was like, just Jared's obviously like famous out here. Like that's his J stars is sick. So I went in there and he he's so rad. He, and I actually I he still takes care of the court, like helps us like service cars and stuff. And I was always actually scared to go back there. Cause I felt so bad about the situation and it wasn't, I'm sure like it was not a situation at all for him. Cause I'm sure the things he sees is insane. But yeah, yeah I went in yeah. there, test drove a bunch of cars. And then, you know, it's like, yeah, they want this one and like lift down payment or whatever. And then they're going to ship to Florida. And like a couple hours later, like, <laughs> My, I think we talked to someone from the team and like Geico and they are like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you can't do this. Like it's just not smart and da da da. So yeah, everyone panicked. So then we had to call and tell him like, Hey, sorry, like we can't take the car. It was, <laughs> it was, it felt so bad. So I never went and like seen Jared forever. And now obviously I see him. We've were cool, but I was so scared and it was so stupid. But yeah, actually after that though, like I probably waited like, Whew, like five six seven years until I got some cool cars and I don't I don't have any cool cars anymore really just because I learned my lessons on cool cars you have these you know like I had a whole bunch of cool cars in my garage and you put like you get to drive them like two three times a year and they just sit there and then you sell them and you lose a zillion dollars so car cool cars are cool but you're better off like i think like maybe jet has to deal with jared and he can just drive some cars i see like i'm like that's sick and that's smart and like myrtle is smart so you probably know it's like <laughs> yeah. don't buy expensive car you idiot like i wish someone would have told told me that but uh it's okay live and you learn
0: yeah dude, I remember i I was there dropping something off or like picking something up and i uh I just sat down in his office and you called and he's like he's like Hang on, two secs. I just saw Barsha Lambo and he's calling me. <laughs> and then, uh, and then <laughs> I was sitting there for that phone call. And like, dude, it was funny because like, I just had never really met you like the whole time that I was there. And I was just laughing so hard. Like, yeah, it was like just after you won the championship, and I was just like, fuck yeah, respect. Lambo
1: <laughs> thought I was the big big deal after one two fifty championship. Nah.
0: <laughs> but i mean that's the that's what i'm saying there's like a there's a big journey that takes place to be the kid that returns a lambo to the guy that's stoked on buying forks with his kid you know
1: literally yeah that's yeah it's just the, sim- the simple life honestly is, is the best life just dirt bikes bicycles i mean and having opportunities to to buy a lambo and return it on uh, the same day like that's cool <laughs>
0: yeah i think it's pretty funny i I remember k-dub always said that he wanted to buy a lambo like it was one of his dreams and obviously like he could afford it the thing that stopped him was that he had a dirt driveway that was like a mile long to get into his house and he's like then where am i gonna get the thing serviced i'd have to get he's like fully telling me he'd like done all this research into getting getting his lambo and he's like i was gonna have to concrete my driveway which is probably like 300 grand (laughs) he's like and then i'd have to put a hoist in then i'd have to fly in a mechanic to like get the thing serviced he's like yeah so when you live rural then it just a lambo is just not a thing that you can do and i remember thinking like because you i'm pretty sure you like you had the prop do you had your property by then you had bamland yeah, then, I live.
1: I live there, so I would have. Yeah, I would have had to drive it down a dirt road. I, I, I didn't get that far of thinking. I think K Dub, K Dub's probably, a little bit smarter than me. So I didn't get. They got that far. I was just like, just car sick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, dude, it's cool. But like, I mean, it's cool to be in that. I don't know. It's cool to live through that. Like, you, you got to live through. Winning a championship, super young, and like you were just the fucking man, like, and you were this wild, wild child. You got to be wild, you got to win a bunch of races, you got to like, uh, there's a, your life has a way of just getting this crazy momentum, and that's just like, it makes sense.
1: Yeah, this, this sport gives us, uh, some great stories, man. The, the stories could just go on and on through, that's <laughs> from amateur days till only up until professional days. It's just, great stories and great great opportunities and and great people meet meeting great people making great friends and yeah it's like this I don't like I think about it sometimes I'm like where would I be if I didn't race motorcycles and who knows but definitely would have done all this cool stuff that's for sure
0: it, it it is a crazy thing to think about like who you'd be because I mean like even for me if I think about it like I'm like oh I could probably do this I could probably do this like just given the things that I've kind of already done maybe in a sense or like skills, but it's like for you guys, like it's just, you've done this one thing for so many hours. Like I think about even w- when I'm riding and just like practicing myself, cause I'm always trying to get better at riding. I, I love riding, not just for the riding of it, but to me it's like a project. I'm always trying to just get better at it. And it's like, I'll spend like three or four weeks in a row where I ride twice a week and I'm like, man, I'm really starting to, like, feel comfortable. I'm starting to enjoy it. So then I just think back to a guy like you that's probably done... Like, if they say you got to do 10,000 hours on, you know, to be an expert, it's like, dude, you're probably at, like, 50,000. <laughs> like, the level of expertise would just be insane, man. So, like, the... And then you think, like, well, what would you do? It's like, well, what would a person do that's... like different to the thing that they've spent 50,000 hours doing. It's just like you go, well, this you wouldn't do any, like it doesn't make sense that you would even look to do something else. You've invested so much time in this one skill.
1: Yeah, and it's crazy. You invest all this time and you're still we're still striving to get better and and be better and put more time in like for instance tomorrow i'm gonna go to the track and like i already have this idea in my head like the things i kind of want to work on from the weekend and also like i I don't feel like i need to go test or anything but i'm like i talked to my suspension guy too i'm like hey i'd really there's this one like i watched the race over a couple times and there's just these couple corners i keep seeing this thing where like kenny was able to do this and like let's like, do you have any idea? And he's like, dude, crazy. I already had that idea. I'm bringing out a shock to try. I'm like, so like you still strive to be better. For instance, like even before the season, I'm, you know, me and Sorby have been friends forever. We go way back since like my first year racing Paris supercross. And we really worked on starts this year and making my starts better. And my starts, like we've made them a lot better. And it's just like, you're always trying to be better at what you do. And even though we've Put in all this time since I was, you know, riding a bike since I was seven years old. I'm 30 years old now, so the hours are endless. But yeah, what like what what else would you do? Like who knows? But for me, like (laughs) anytime, like every time I ever thought about it, was the only thing like I could see myself doing was like I I really like heavy equipment and like so working on tracks and doing stuff like that, and then also flying. Like I really like flying, so that that would be an opportunity. But like I don't know, you just spent so much time riding motorcycles and it's just yeah i don't know it's 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 definitely crazy to think about
0: I, I love though the the fact that a guy like you could go so far in the sport after you retire too like there's probably not that many guys that i think would have like just the passion to ride, like to just keep riding and do like there's there's obviously like yeah you've just got some fucking add that's going on that like you need like you need like put a helmet on this kid and like let him do his thing but you know like that i feel like this generation has such a good opportunity too. like you're probably lucky in like the time in the not just the sport but in the internet and in content and all that sort of stuff like you know you're you're probably not really going to have to look for something else to do which is cool and then just the fact that like riding like guys are just riding longer now
1: absolutely it's definitely like you said the time i've came up through the sport has been a really good time and i like i can't see myself really go and do something else but um i definitely want to stay in the sport but i'm also not a guy that's gonna go do tv like you know what like ricky's doing like i just couldn't see myself doing that or, um, can't really see myself being a trainer. Um, obviously, uh, you know, I, I've, I've done some schools at my track, but it's just not, I like doing it and I love helping people and i always help people. Cause I like really like giving back, but it's, that's just not really the route I want to go. The route I want to go is just <laughs> being my psycho ADD <laughs> self. Yeah. And like you said, when I throw on a helmet, it's it just like, I just want to, yeah, I don't even think people really understand understand me because i don't really like no one ever really like talks to you like 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 we're talking right now like they're just like always like racing training like that's it there's nothing else really so yeah they don't people don't know that I just want to send it 24 7 and have fun and poor Amber she's got her hands full she's got like she, she keeps saying she always says like she's got two kids two kids and I'm just like yeah. I'm like don't say that like it's not cool uh, <laughs> but it's it's super true yeah she has two kids and when when Sonny gets older and if he's like kind of like me yeah whew, she's have her hands full but I'm also looking it's forward to yeah it's a problem for sure but I'm looking forward to having a little buddy that I can just do fun stuff with it'll be sick
0: oh dude it's gonna be it's gonna be so much fun um yeah I think it's cool too that you're a guy that like it's cool for me to hear you say that you like want to get not that you want to get better like obviously everyone gets better but you kind of do get into the weeds a little bit of like trying to you know, make the bike a little bit better, like, you know, coming up with a plan for things that you're doing, because I think from the outside looking in, people probably think that you don't think about anything <laughs> when you ride.
1: Yeah, it's crazy how things work, and, you know, there is a time, like, for instance, like, my first two years, uh, well, not two years, but probably, my, my two back-to-back Supercross Championships, it was like... Did, it was like didn't think about a thing in the world didn't work on anything and actually the second year I, I broke my wrist the first race this season so I didn't ride at all during the week I just like played like played around like like I said at the track just like playing around so it was like back then you were I was like 17 years old you just like, I didn't really train I didn't really uh, like. I just rode my dirt bike a lot. So then when I wasn't riding my dirt bike and I hurt my wrist, I was just like playing around, having fun and go win another championship. So now it's still similar. Like I'm still, I have a lot of fun, but now you think about things a little bit more and you're just at, at the highest level of the sport. You're always trying to, yeah be better and you watch other guys or like someone who beat you or for instance like eli and coop or something you just pick some stuff up from them and like i said kenny was behind me pick up stuff from him and then you just try to be better but the biggest thing you don't want to overthink it because you could spin yourself out so big so i feel like at this stage in my career i'm able to pick little things and i also have a group of people around me now that i can trust and you just try not to get lost
0: yeah yeah no no it makes total sense who who are your favorite riders that you race against like who's the guys that you look at and that you're like fuck you're good and it pisses me off (laughs) um
1: it's a good question for sure um i like racing eli i think he's a fun not not a man yeah he's a fun person to race against cuz he's just you know what you see is what you get he's just like digs yeah, deep yeah, never yeah. gives up um and then Kenny for sure he's kind of similar just it's like like i said his uh like his style and technique on the bike's insane um so he's always fun but i think those two guys for sure and then like like i said Chase i like he's so flawless like his riding style so precise. You can watch him ride all day. So that's cool. And, um, yeah, I would say, yeah, Eli's definitely gnarly and obviously it shows. Um, and then Kenny like racing him and like, we had a, we had a good race this weekend, man. He (laughs) he kept me on my toes for you 20, (laughs) 20 something minutes. It was the most, one of the most intense races, but it was also cool for me because like I, I handled the pressure well. So that felt good. It gave me a lot of a lot of motivation going into the rest of the season that I could, you know, do that right off the bat in the season. So that was cool. But yeah, there's honestly, and not like trying to forget any of the racers, but there's so many bad dudes right now, but that can show up anytime. But yeah, I like all all those guys are badass. And I definitely liked K-Dub was like my, probably one of my favorites, like smoothness. And also he's my teammate for a couple of years.
0: Delve into the shadows of the mind with sleeping dogs. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: So I was like able to be around yeah. him and see him, and obviously he was at the end of his career, so it was cool to be around and see that, and he was having a really good time still. So it shows you, you, know, you can do the sport for a long time and still have a lot of fun with it.
0: Yeah, dude, the, the rivalry between you and Kenny is so, so deep. Like even fully off the racetrack like I remember I remember being at Fox one day and it was at Fox with like Kenny and Beaks when Beaks was at Fox and you called Beaks when I was there with Kenny and then you could see Beaks was like, <laughs> Uh, I got. I'm just gonna answer. And <laughs> it was just like you guys were like both on Fox. You were both like coming, you know, trying to win the same championships. Like the racing was gnarly. You were both like superstars in your own right and like crowd favorites in your own right. Like that's such a that's such a long-standing rivalry. It just goes so deep. Like even the people around you guys were oh, like yeah. cognizant of of the rivalry.
1: Oh yeah, hundred percent, and the and everyone stays in the sport and in another way or another. It kind of floats around like Beeks is always doing different stuff, uh, but yeah, we just both wanted to win so bad. So it was so it was yeah, so so intense, and it's you know still the same now. But it's just you know we're a little more grown up. We're a little older. We have kids, but still same thing. We just wanna just wanna win, and you know the intensity is probably even higher than ever. <laughs>
0: Yeah, dude, it it would be for sure, man. And it it is weird. Like we kind of talked about at the start, but like you guys just don't talk that much. And it's like, imagine to just put this in real person context is it's analogous to working in a place for 30 years and never talking to the coworker that sits right next to you like imagine you're like homer simpson and you're working in the nuclear power plant and you're like sitting there pull, pushing and pulling the buttons and the dude next to you you've worked with him for 30 years and you just don't really talk to him you know his name you like hear about shit that he says about you and like you, you just don't talk it's pretty much what you guys do it's fucking like weird <laughs>
1: Uh, no, no, that's what I was going to say. It's quite uh, a shame, really, because I think a lot of us could be friends, um, but it's just the way this sport is and it's been and how we, like, came up to this sport that it just was like, this is what you do and this is the way it is. And, yeah, I think, yeah, a lot of us, like, we are, like, people, we don't really know each other that much. We just race each other so yeah like I said it's quite a shame because I think a lot of us have a lot of things in common besides riding motorcycles so yeah it's a little bit of a shame but um, for me I try to be a little more open nowadays but yeah it's just it's difficult
0: <laughs> yeah but I think um I think no matter what when everybody retires then there's a point where like I remember Jay like when Chad did the podcast back in like 2018 he still had never spoke to James and I'm on that podcast and I'm like, dude, you guys would be friends. Like I've hung out with both of you. Like I played golf with James. You love golf. Like you've both raced together. You spent, cause there's this, this thing of like relatability, right? Like me and you, we're into the same stuff. We talk, we can be cool, but like, I can't relate to you on some shit. <laughs> like there's just stuff that you've done, things that you've seen, battles that you've been in like in the level of intensity like there's just a whole aspect of your life that i i just could you could only ever tell me about it i could never embody it in that way whereas like all of the guys that you race against there's probably eight of you on the planet that right now are like in the battle to win and podium 450 main events so it's like you know you've only got this such a small crew of people that could actually like really understand like what you're going through and the pressure and all that sort of stuff and then it's just like not you're not talking that often but I think once you guys retire then it's just like that relatability like dude remember how how it used to feel when it was like this or do you remember this like you kind of I feel like at some point you will crave to kind of know what they were going through in the same moment that you were if that makes sense
1: no, it makes sense completely. I think yeah, one day for sure we'll be able to be like, hey, what do you think about that? Or yeah, <laughs> definitely, it'll be cool because right now it's not that way. So it'll be cool to be like, yeah, like how about you remember that race? Or yeah, that'll that'll be cool. And It'll be it's nice that we'll be able. I think I do agree. I think we'll be able to do that more, and we'll see each other and and just kind of feed off each other. Because I hear like you know a lot of guys retire and they obviously they miss the sport like you know you had done came back and raced the season and like i think you just miss that competitiveness but uh, for me i think i will definitely miss the sport but i'll do some crazy stuff with motorcycles and bicycles so it should hopefully <laughs> keep me somewhat sane
0: oh yeah yeah and i think um yeah it's just it's just one of those things that you know it's like a yeah, like, a, a time thing, you know, like, once that, once the time passes, but I feel like it's kind of getting better a little bit, and, you know, you can see some guys kind of, like, a little bit more social, you know, than others. I feel like, too, probably, there's probably a point as well where a lot of it stems from just childhood, where there's, because there's a point where, like, let's say you're on a 65 or an 85, it's kind of like your parents dealing with the problems that get created so there's probably a lot of stuff that goes on that just kind of like spews over from amateurs where it's, it's also not just like you guys racing but it's like the families have had these run-ins or like they've the, the families end up doing the doing the talking not you guys because you're just too little but it's like the racing's the same thing
1: yeah no the racing is the same thing and yeah it's even like i think you know a lot of us grow up at these training facilities now and stuff too and like being at mtf it was kind of like all the all we're like one big kind of family and we just like kind of it's like you know sh- doing the shit talking and stuff and you like just like shit talk about these other riders that you're gonna go race and stuff like that so you just like don't like you're like whatever like i like not nah, yeah, yeah i hate these guys like i'm gonna smoke them like all this stuff so it just like yeah it starts when you're young and you just are, it's the, co- the competitiveness it's it's wild yeah It just it goes it definitely goes back to the roots stuff for sure like day one and we've all been racing each other forever and it's crazy now to be in this position like for even for instance you're right you're right it is changing like you know i mean eli's pretty quiet guy keeps to himself um kind of say hey or whatever but nothing really more than that and this year um at anaheim we were both in the tunnel and he started talking to me and i was like whoa like he's like asking me like uh it's cool to be a dad right like all this stuff and I was like I was stoked on it because I was like you know I I, you know you go up to him like hey what's up man you kind of just like hey and then you know does this thing but this we actually had a conversation we haven't had a conversation since we were probably like 16 like literally no jokes it's probably been like 15 years so it was it was cool to see us you know the times are changing a little bit it's pretty rad
0: yeah i think it just sets it just sets up some cool stuff in the future for you guys i think you know like everyone be like a 10-year high school reunion <laughs> guys that sick. you like didn't talk to at, guys you didn't talk to at school <laughs> and then you were like how you going man like i don't know we had our shit but you're doing good and then yeah. you like find out you both like the same fucking football team or something <laughs> for sure oh uh, your kids end up playing soccer together
1: Oh, I'm sure that will happen. Yeah. Like it'll probably end up racing each other again. And then we'll have to like see each other at the track again every weekend for another 30 years. (laughs) Like it's crazy. (laughs) Who who knows? Uh, Amber's going to listen to this and go, Oh my God. No, we're not going to the track. uh, (laughs) Another 15 years.
0: (laughs) Uh, The growing up in MTF being the first kind of generation through like the training facility, kind of deal like dude just you in general as a kid the generation that you were a part of was sort of seemed like the first generation of the real crazy shit in moto where it was like you had ricky carmichael was doing his thing at the top of the sport and then everyone was like right everyone needs to be fit as fuck like stop everything like this is what it's got to be and you were kind of in that first wave and then when then you see the success that you had as a kid and other people that kind of like lived at the training facilities then that became normal even though it's the most unnormal way for a kid to grow up <laughs> that became it became normal but do you ever think about like growing up at mtf and like do you remember the first day getting there and and just being like oh this is my life now like i just live at this dirt bike track
1: yeah i yeah i have lots of great honestly some great memories from there it's it was awesome i i i wouldn't change it it was it was it was so cool um you know it's not for everybody um i thrived off that atmosphere of competition every day um but yeah i remember getting there the first my first week for the training camp it was like they did those week training camps and and then i i never left <laughs> i just i went there for a week and i ended up staying there for like 10 years so um but yeah there was just so man i just had s- it, it built it, you know i went there like being a really shy kid like no like crazy stuff to being just wild having fun but it was like all we did wake up go to the gym train all day get on our pit bikes like it was like me and then Savachi came not long after me so it was like me Joey and a couple other kids and uh, we'd ride our pit bikes all day and then we play with RC cars uh, go to bed and do it again like for years and years and years until we were probably like <laughs> you know like I don't know, we kind of grow out of it a little but not really like up until we're you know 15 years old like riding pit bikes and dirt bikes every day so it was just really riding nonstop. and then the gym stuff so it was like you just live breathe you know dirt bikes um, i i wouldn't change it i loved it like i think it's a it's a it's a not a bad way to grow up but it definitely it breaks um it breaks kids it breaks families like it's not it's not for everyone not everyone's gonna go to MTF and make it to be a professional dirt bike racer it's just you know and a lot like when I got there there was um, quite a bit of older kids that were in the A class and they were go, trying to go pro and like all those guys you know don't race anymore they all disappeared and like I would say 90 95 percent just don't yeah. Ride, dirt bike, ride dirt bikes anymore because it does, you know, it, it takes you somewhere and then it, it can burn you out. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite sad. It's not for everyone, but I, I have seen some of those guys again and they have like normal jobs and like they, you know, life is not just motorcycles. Obviously there's way, way more things yeah. going on. So it's also cool to see the guys who didn't make it what they do now too. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's not for everybody, but there's definitely a couple sickos of us that just love
0: it (laughs) yeah yeah like what do you think was in your personality at such a young age that made you thrive in that environment
1: oh man the the competitiveness of it I loved um you know it is weird though because when I was a kid um like growing up in New York I I didn't want to do any team sports like my parents um they're like hey like you have to do some kind of sport and (laughs) they were named off all these sports and I was like, no, 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 no. And they're like, do you want to race dirt bikes? Which they probably wish, <laughs> wish they didn't say. Cause you know, it's yeah. a, it's a crazy way to you know bring a kid up and a lot of sacrifices. But I was like, yeah, race motorcycles and then started racing on the weekend local. And then I just, I don't know. There's, I don't, it's like this competitiveness of me. I just, I absolutely thrived off it. And then, when I got thrown an MTF, it was like, I was a good, I was a good rider. And then it just, just skyrocketed. Like, like brought out my ag- aggressive riding and my fun and like just wild. And I was just able to literally run around a facility and just be a complete animal. Like just, you literally could get away. With, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you could get away with murder. Like just, it was absolute <laughs> it was like a fence around this place and you could just like, I would, just free-for-all just full wild and yeah it was it was honestly so much fun uh, <laughs> it was yeah it was crazy i just but i th- i thrived off that that but I, the bit, the main obviously the main focus was riding so i like i was super passionate about the riding so the riding always was like do the riding but then i had energy 24 7 so i was just yeah absolutely wild there was um this guy chad Charbonneau, He also really good rider that didn't really go professional or anything. His, um, his dad owned like a big construction business up in New Hampshire, um, but he owned GPF and like was a little bit in MTF, which GPF's just across the street from MTF. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I really looked up to Chad. Like, I just thought he was really cool. Like, I don't know. I don't know why. Like, I, he's just a cool dude. And I still like, I don't see him anymore. I haven't really talked to him in forever, but he's just a cool dude. So, and I was like that annoying fly, you know, just, that would pester him, and I he'd, he lived across the street on the fence, so I'd always go over there and bother him. And they they duct taped me. Um, they we had these long pine trees at MTF GPF, and <laughs> they would they would duct tape me to these pine trees and just leave me there for hours, like just hours, just hanging in these trees. It was, uh, it was yeah hilarious. I remember. I don't know if you know JoJo Keller. He's like. Uh, old school racer yeah, back yeah, in the day yeah. he can like wheelie crazy and do all this stuff and uh jojo was down there helping chad with some stuff and jojo uh, had a i guess i had, he had a soft spot for me he'd always get me down out of the trees um i also i remember one year when we used to race at um, oak hill in texas um Chad just finished washing his bike and Chad always had the nicest, like cleanest looking bikes, like just decked out. Like, like someone you, you see their bike and you're just like, Oh dude, that's sick of stuff. He just finished washing his bike. I ran up and kicked a mud puddle across this whole bike (laughs) and, it was like that was it. He he snapped and he hung. They had these these like um, poles with flags on them and he hung me on one of those poles. Like I cannot tell you how many times I got duct taped, uh, MTF, in these local races because that was the only way. <laughs> that was the only way they could control my like ADD. They just had to duct tape me up for a few hours, but it it did nothing. Like I I was like right off the right off the tree, like back at it, and just harassing those guys. They probably couldn't stand me. Like the stories they have is probably great.
0: There's something, there's something to, um, yeah, I don't know, there's something to like that little personality trait that you got though, you know, like, do you know Wilson Todd, he was in the lights class on the weekend, he's an Aussie kid, 102 on the Honda.
1: Yeah, I don't know him personally, but.
0: Well, you're describing yourself, that's what he was like, he grew up around us, and that kid was annoying as fuck, dude. Oh yeah, (laughs) I can only imagine, like how-
1: Annoying I probably was <laughs> to those guys. They're probably like, this guy was an idiot. Now he's looking at this idiot as a professional super racer. Jeez, how'd that happen? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but there's something like he, I remember there was one time in in particular where he used to live like close to one of my other buddies, Todd. And we were out on the ski boat one day. It was like I lived on like this big freshwater lake. And uh, we're on this ski boat. And then we're all like on the donut. And you know how you like, you do a whip and you like whip around and then bang. So this kid, like Wilson, he was probably like an eight, nine year old kid, right? And he gets on the boat and he's like, no one could get me off this thing. There's no chance any one of you would get me off this donut. And we were just like, okay, (laughs) like we can, we can make this happen. So we just, we thrashed the absolute fuck out of this kid. (laughs) Didn't let go like it was gnarly like I was like all right boys let's back down like we're probably gonna hurt him he refused to let go and that's that like competitive nature you know and like I definitely like I just don't know if I can relate to that as a kid like I feel like nowadays I'm probably more competitive but I think that there was probably if I'm completely honest like there was probably a part of me that was scared to compete as a kid because I didn't want to lose like, I was scared to lose in front of people. Like, so you obviously just didn't have that, maybe.
1: Yeah, I I think, like, I had a... I came into MTF at a really good spot in like my age so there was all like 125 racers and there was really not any really 85 riders like there was a couple a couple like or whatever but like i was i came in and i ended up being like the best 85 rider and i was always chasing these 16 17 18 19 20 year old riders and and then after me like um B. Maisie came, um, like a couple other eighties riders. So they were always chasing after me. And then, but like, I just, there's even, I know there's a, there's a verb video out there somewhere. And it's like, has me like, um, rip trying to like rip this 125 kid off his bike. Like, cause like he like got mad at me because I probably tried to smash him. I I know who exactly is uh, this kid, Sonny Drake. He's like, he also used to be a great racer. Like I was just, I, but I really, I secretly, I maybe not even secretly, but I looked up to all these kids. I thought they were so cool on these one twenty fives, and I would just like wide open, like just. But I didn't care. I'd slam it in there. Like it just didn't matter. It was like I think that's what it was for me. I just came into that facility at a good age, like the right timing, and it. Yeah, I mean everything in the world is just a lot of a lot of things in the world are just timing and uh timing for me it yep. was like well all the stars kind of aligned and yeah we're sitting here talking about it now it's, it's it's rad
0: there must be like an element of the pecking order like there would have been a pecking order at mtf and then there's probably yeah, just you wanting to, like, fight for your spot in the in the pecking order. And then there's probably something to the fact that, like, you probably didn't have much to lose because you were the smallest, like, youngest oh, yeah. kid. So, it's like, you weren't, you weren't supposed to beat the big dudes. So, it's not like you ever could lose, in a sense. But then it was almost like, you're just sort of trying to, like, fight and claw for that respect. And the way that you did that is by being a G on a dirt bike. And you just like people have to respect the savage.
1: Yeah. And that's exactly, you're completely right. There was a pecking order and I didn't, I didn't believe in that order because I would just go, it was just silly ADD kid. (laughs) And, but that kept throughout the whole time I was at MTF all the way up until big bikes that carried on. Like, so then there was like, you know, you had Millsaps was Davey was there for a bit still Davalos. And then a lot of pros that, you know, were like uh, privateers. So but we would ride supercross like as on 85 we'd like do a day on supercross after riding or something and then like on a 125 so like i had never i always had something to thrive towards like i got on the 125 and then i when i signed my first geico deal amateur i got a 250f and we had like some amateur supercross suspension and then i got on the track with them and it was like something clicked and like, I went, west going after, like, Davalos, and i that's definitely why he, like, doesn't. <laughs> we've had a lot of run-ins, like me and Martine, because, you know. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, because I came on, like, you know, I was the new guy, and, you know, but I wasn't even pro yet. I was 16, but I was, like, trying to bang bars with him. So it was, like, I didn't care about who you were, like, what you did, nothing. It was just, just wanted to... go wide open and and try to be the best so yeah that place for sure um it did did, there was something in the water there for me
0: (laughs) yeah do you remember your childhood much before that
1: um that's crazy you said that not really like like it was you know i so when i when I, my parents asked me what I like, I can kind of remember a little stuff like in New York and stuff, just like weekend racing and stuff like that. But it's kind of like, almost like well, a little bit of blur, like the New York stuff. But I do remember when my parents asked me if I wanted to race and I said, yes. And I can remember my first race and I was literally on the line and I was like bowling in tears. Cause I was so, sc- I was so scared. Um, and that continued on for like Months and months, like almost probably a year, like I was so scared. But then when the gate dropped, it was like I absolutely loved it. But my parents were always like, Dude, are you sure you want to do this? And I was like, Yeah, uh, it's yeah, yeah. They're like, Why are you crying? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> so it's just, yeah, I don't like remember a ton about, like, you know, obviously I was old enough to remember life a little bit in New York and stuff like that. But it, once I got to that facility, it was like something something switched and i thrived off the competition the atmosphere and i could just be myself and and no one like no one cared it was just it was a great uh great place and well there's so many facilities now it's obviously changed a lot and it's uh yeah it's cool MTF was definitely the OG and you know not a lot of facilities are following them
0: yeah and it's kind of funny that you say that cuz i think that that's probably like the for me like i just love understanding the psychology of like great people you know and like you're a great person in terms of what you've been able to achieve in your life and like the place that you've you've come from and you know like to to go through you know everything that you've been through to like end up where you are now it's like it's always interesting trying to like understand the factors that drove that you know and So I was kind of wondering, I was like, man, was it just the, like, you weren't really able to be yourself in that way? Because when you think about it, like when you're a kid, you sort of, you don't really get to be yourself or you don't really get to be your own person. Like you're so, like for me, I had a normal family. We had a house. I went to school. (laughs) Like, you know, uh, you're not allowed to be yourself at school because you have to sit in a chair and you have to like do what they tell you and you can't, you know, like fuck you can't fuck around you whatever you can't do all all the no-nos and then you know you go home and there's like certain rules that you got to follow at home so it's like you kind of spend a fair bit of your childhood not really getting to exercise the internal like who you actually are and then yeah it's almost like you just you're like this quiet shy kid that had to follow all the rules that everyone else did and then you go to mtf and then you almost get praised in a sense for being it's not like you get praised for being the wild kid but it's like as long as you're on the dirt bike and as long as you're putting in the work and as long as you're doing good then like whatever bro <laughs> so it's like you almost just got to kind of like exercise that part of your personality for so long and then it really ended up becoming your personality like it's almost like you you went so far with it at mtf and you lived in such like this weird bubble that it's like it fully just concreted you as the person that you are and it kind of makes everything else make sense in a way
1: yeah that it's so true it kind of morphed me into the person i am and obviously too like it could could have been could have been a bad thing because you could you know i could have went the direction a few of the older kids went where it's like drinking and drugs and stuff like that because that was like stuff like that was going on like back in the day there so yeah like it it could have went a different way for sure but it was like the path I was on it was just having fun on dirt bikes any any kind of dirt bike pit bike real bike and you know having there was good people there and a lot of people to look up to and just yeah I thrived off it it definitely made me the person I am today for sure and now um (laughs) Yeah, I'm able to, you know. And then when you go pro, it obviously changes, and you you kind then you almost yeah. kind of got to go back to this weird like like
0: rail it back in a bit. Yeah, yeah,
1: bring it back in. And now I'm kind of at the point in my career where I'm able to kind of open it up again and kind of show myself. So it's yeah, it's pretty cool.
0: It definitely yeah, it definitely it makes yeah it makes sense. I wanted to get the yeah. picture. I wanted to like try, and, but it kind of I feel like I understand a little bit of like kind of what it must have been like and so i i know that there was like drugs and drinking and girls and like that stuff going on there yeah why did you stay out of it like what was the it was just something that you and because even now like that's one thing i was thinking coming into this because like i used to go to the parties (laughs) so i know the guy that part i know the guys that partied over there from like that generation i know the guys that didn't and like you were just a guy that that was never on the radar. Like, was there a reason you you stayed off drinking and drugs?
1: No, there was no reason f- why why I did or didn't. Um, I just never. Uh, well, I guess the girl thing. I was scared of girls forever, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know how that goes. Like, you know, like a kid, but no, I just um, like I just never. You no, know, I never. Never. Intrigued me like out there were the opportunities were there, and I never, never once like did drugs, did drank. And uh, even now, in this position I'm at in my career, um, I literally maybe will drink like twice a year. Like, it's just not, I don't know. I just not, uh, you know, I don't just doesn't get me excited. I just, uh, you know, I you know go to the uk uh, after the season and hang out with friends and whatever like have some fun or whatever like but it's not like you know going and partying or whatever i just that's just not i don't know it's never been me like and then when you go pro as well there's like these monster parties and all these things and you know i remember they forced me to go to a few and it was just so awkward for me i was just standing there like just felt so out of place i guess because i never never was in that position Mm. and like I just never thrived off that. And, and I think there's a lot of us like that, like Eli, he's not really like that. And like, we go to these things now, like we're kind of a little bit awkward, but I also, I think now I'm like, f- feel fine with going to something like that and now hanging out and having some fun. But yeah, I don't know. There was no reason why, you know, I chose this direction not to drink and party, but it just like, you know, just didn't just wasn't go that it, yeah. route. Yeah. It just wasn't me. And yeah. Yeah. It wasn't. And my parents, my parents were great. Cause they never, um, like really like told me I couldn't drink or do like whatever, you know? And also they were, my dad and mom, they never pushed me to race. Like I was self-motivated. Like they, my parents would rather have, you know, like, did, like rather told me not to race than race. Like they didn't, there was never like, Hey, you, you got to try harder, like do all this stuff. It was just no, no push at whatever. It was just all, all like me, all the pressure I put on myself. And, um, so that was also why probably it was, you know, just, yeah, something clicked and just was a good, good feeling for me to go race. And, have. and I had so much, there was so much fun doing, doing it. So I didn't really look at, you know, anything else.
0: Yeah. It's funny when you said that, you know you go to those things and you feel like a little bit awkward it's uh it's kind of weird I've never really thought about it but when you get signed to be a professional dirt bike rider professional supercross rider you just kind of expect that you'll go and do all these different things like there's a bunch of box that boxes that you need to tick but it's just like couple of those boxes you just don't give a fuck about (laughs) or like don't (laughs) make you feel comfortable don't like to go to a monster party or to go to these different events like yeah some of that stuff just fully would go against like your personality or Eli's personality or and and I guess like just those interactions in general like they kind of like can be awkward right like because everyone knows who you are but then you don't know who everyone is and then even that just creates like a weird dynamic
1: Yeah, those parties I always found really weird. Like after the, you know, Vegas, there was always the party after Vegas, and I did find it odd because there was always like a lot of fans there, which fans are awesome, but they always wanted to take pictures and stuff, and it was like just a booze fest. So I always felt really like awkward, like because I'm like, should I I take pictures here? I might get in trouble if someone sees like all this alcohol around me and stuff like that. But. Uh, yeah i don't know it was definitely definitely different we didn't grow up around that stuff so um yeah it's yeah it's different
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's just weird to like yeah you sort of just think that oh he's a prof- he's good at riding a dirt bike like he should just be good at all this other stuff but there's a lot no. of it where it's like and it's just it's just ain't my deal bro <laughs> yeah it's like a I fish just want on overalls water. and a tractor
1: <laughs> literally yeah yeah <laughs>
0: Oh, that's funny so when did you get into the flying when was that like first become on your radar
1: um I was so man it was probably the end towards the end of Geico I got I got in this weird stage where I was scared like I got kind of scared to fly and like toward the races and stuff I got like just super like paranoid I didn't like flying like to the races so I was like well if I'm gonna keep did racing, something I'm happen gonna- that like um, you- yeah yeah probably There was probably some rough flights and like just like and especially being based out of florida it's so many thunderstorms and like oh, just yeah really like really rough flights so I, I probably got scared and then i was like oh i don't really want to fly and so being like someone who likes to kind of be in control um i went to the local airport and met met this guy that did flight training and ended up becoming friends with him and i just started flying with him all the time. Like he did like some commercial flights and stuff. So I would go and like, you know, when any chance I got, I would try to go fly with him. Um, and then I was working on my pilot's license and I was at factory Honda and, um, we went and did motocross nations. I think it was in Germany or something. And I came home and I didn't fly for like a month or so. And I went, um, went back to the airport. Um, and I was at the point where I was able to go fly by myself and I'd it's like a thirty-minute flight, maybe not even like fifteen-minute flight to over my track, and I'd always fly over there to kind of do some loops, check it out, like buzz the track or whatever, and then fly back to the airport. And a storm a storm rolled in, um, and it, dude, I tried. I saw his landing. I tried. I tried to land, and it, I, the the wind picked the wing up, and I had to go around, and and then I land again, and it, it was it was a rough landing, and it pretty it kind of freaked me out a bit. I was like, oh man, if I'm not like. Doing this stuff Full time serious Cause it's like You need to put a lot of time into like hone a skill And I just wasn't Putting enough time in So I honestly I haven't flown And ages like any sometimes if there's a close race or something I'll call my buddy up and he will fly me to like a close race in a little just a little turbo prop plane but um yeah after that one like little scare flying by myself like I was like yeah if I'm not gonna spend dedicate my time to this I probably shouldn't be doing it and 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 I couldn't you know I can't race and dedicate full time to flying so just yeah I was bummed on that but like uh, I definitely love flying now like I'm super into airplanes and like I even have like a little plane tattooed on my arm like I just I just kind of loved it and the control feeling just like being up in the air yeah. and like having that like, control feeling was so cool and that's the closest thing I think to like racing dirt bikes like flying a plane to me that was like similar in, in a weird way
0: What what's the feeling that you're chasing like it obviously it's like control, but like you can get that for like driving it, a car or whatever. Yeah. But
1: this is going to sound kind of psycho. Yeah, like what are
0: you changing? Chasing? Yeah. I
1: don't, it's, yeah, this is going to, I've never said this before. It sounds kind of psycho, but is it like the, like, like can die feeling maybe? I don't like, no, I, that sounds crazy to say. <laughs> like not right. Does that sound crazy to say? But like, <laughs> like, I don't know. What is it like that? That it not like, the, the death feeling but like the you know that you're on that edge like of like life like yeah it's kind of kind of yeah. wild to, to say that and I've never like thought about that or said that but it's just that that fine line of you have all this control but also it could be taken away that fast so it's like yeah I'm in full control but am I really <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's that, <laughs> that, yeah. It's crazy to say that because I've never like thought about it or said that, but seems that a little bit. Just like dirt bikes, like it, you know, it could be you know, it could be done at any any second. But it's like I think the the passion. You know, I, I had a sh- strong passion for racing motorcycles, and I give it my all every time I'm on the bike. And it, it was like the same thing in the airplane. Like I get in there super serious and give it my all and super passionate about it. So it's like, I guess. Like, driving a car could be the same thing, but I, like, I never really raced cars or anything or did anything like that, so I guess the high level of that as well it could probably be the same thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's... I think there is, like, something to that in a weird kind of way, right? Like, because there's a feeling, like, I definitely get it on a dirt bike, but I kind of try and avoid that feeling. Like, I try and ride the bike just before the feeling, where it's like... You know when you're like almost about to fall backwards on a chair and you get like that, like yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah, feeling. That yeah, so I don't. I get yes, that when but, I ride.
1: Yeah, so I don't get that. Yeah, keep um, going. Yeah, no, I don't get that feeling. Really, it's like so when I'm when I'm riding, I don't. Yeah, I don't really like ever feel like on the edge. Like obviously when people watch me they're like, well, this dude's a psychopath. Like he's on the edge, like sending it. <laughs> yeah. But like, I, I don't, yeah, I don't get that feeling at all for some reason. So it's definitely, there's a, there is a feeling to it, but I don't, it's a, I don't know. You'd yeah, you'd have to dig deep in the brain to find that feeling. Cause I don't know what it is. It's freaky.
0: <laughs> so, but you get it flying.
1: Yeah, I did get, I don't know. It just was something about it. Like it, it's like I keep I always go back to like the control feeling of it like you have to have all this control um but also like in life you would you would think I would just be a super control freak but I don't really feel like I'm I'm that way I'm quite obviously I'm like like things or like I'm a bit like like things organized and certain things, a certain way, but I'm also not like, also I'll have a mess and like, I'm like, but it's like yeah. an organized mess. Yeah. So I wouldn't, the control thing, like always go to that, but is it really that, I don't know, but like flying, I do get a similar feeling to uh, racing motorcycles. Um, like the feeling that I love, so I don't know, I don't know what it is, but, and I, I haven't flown in so long. So it's like, I just, I just get my, my fix off of riding dirt bikes. <laughs>
0: yeah i mean it does sound psycho to say but i do think that there is sort of something to it you know like it's like you almost don't it's like contrast like it puts it gives your life meaning that you could die in a sense you know so it's like oh i must be alive if i could die right now
1: yeah and you don't think about that like that's not like you don't get geared up and you're like uh, i could die like this is gonna be sick like like you know <laughs> you, don't, you, don't, you don't think about that or anything like that but maybe maybe in the this psychoish way like our adrenaline and all that stuff that's the what what we're ser- we're searching for i don't know really but sounds yeah it sounds
0: believable it's very, very, very heartbreaking, though, for me to hear you say you don't get scared riding because, fuck, I get scared right. I hit, like, one kicker, bro, and, like, my fucking bike moves to the right, like, the tiniest bit, and I'm like... It <laughs> fucking feels like that feeling when you fall off an of office chair. and I'm like, oh, fuck, rain it in, bro.
1: Yeah, me honestly, like, Anaheim track was one of those tracks that was, like you just i don't know it's something in us that it switches and you just send it but that track was so difficult like to ride and it could bite you at any time like i mean how we there's so many of us crashed like so like all over the place the race was hectic and anyone who podium there like had <laughs> crushed it cuz that right, that track was so difficult <laughs> um yeah to not like get scared or anything like we were definitely weird for sure like not normal
0: yeah yeah no cuz i definitely get scared and i think yeah. like but then there's all, there's a the thing where it's like, I get scared and then I'm like, oh, nothing happened. Like, it's not that big of a deal, you know? But like, cause that's what I've always been just so fascinated with. Like how me and you are just having like the same experience, but it can be so different. Like oh, I can just want it, like just the simplest way to think of it is like, we're going down a straightaway and then there's a left hand U-turn and a rut. And it's like we both get this feeling of like, okay, we've got to hit the brakes right now, or we won't make the turn, right? But like, I'm just hitting the brake. I'm not. I'm not going as fast before I hit the brakes, and then I'm like hitting the brakes earlier. But I would assume that, or maybe like you just don't even have the feeling that of like that, like scares you to hit the brakes. It's like not. I don't know. Like maybe we're, maybe we're not having the same experience because like I'm like getting to a point where I'm like, okay, I'm going too fast. And now I've got to slow down or I'm not going to make this turn. Like, so yeah. I just, I've always been fascinated with how we can be doing the same thing, but so differently.
1: No, it's the same thing um, for me as well. Like I did a track day um, with Stoner and Spees out in California with Alpine Stars and Yamaha. And like, it was just like, I don't get it. I feel like I'm like, I'm like, barely dragging my knee and like, I feel like I'm going so fast. And then these guys are just like beat by me, dragging knee, like doing all this stuff. And I'm just like, ah, just like, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. So yeah, it's, it's the same with, with anything in life. Like I don't, I don't why or why or why is it different? Who knows? But yeah, it's, it's so crazy. Just like bicycle thing. Like I said, I went riding bicycles with my buddy and he's doing this crazy stuff and it's like, like, yeah, we all have our, we have all our all have our our niche and that we're good at and stuff.
0: Yeah, and it it's obviously just comes down to like uh like time and prediction, you know, like I just don't ride enough to like predict what the motorcycle's gonna do, I guess. And then whereas you're probably like something that feels like a bit of an oh shit moment to me, it's just you've experienced it so many times that it's like when it happens your brain just like just doesn't even like register it, you know?
1: yeah it's funny like you come off the track sometimes and someone's like dude that was so gnarly that and I was like what what are you talking about like yeah it's kind of wild like and then there's things like this weekend you know we had a finish line jump a double and then this like tight little triple into a sweeper and like a cup like one lap yeah. of practice i was literally aimed like right at the tough block and i missed it by an inch and i was like whoa like that there was something that I was like whoa that was so gnarly but and then no one else even noticed noticed it so it's like certain things to us are gnarly that are not gnarly to someone else it's yeah, it's just this whole all, all perspective i suppose
0: that that section that you're talking about i said on the supercross companion that that's a section where you can really see how good the bikes are that you guys ride these days because like to land off that three like if you threed all the way or even if you double go double single you're landing on a flat turn on an angle and then straight on the gas again it's like the average person just they could not make that happen and then the average bike just would not react properly there
1: no, and it was for landing on like this slick, shiny concrete, so the traction's like zero. So yeah, like it's impressive what these bikes are capable of now, and like and and we just ride them a lot, so we're just able to hone in our skills and and learn what they can do. And yeah, it's it's intense.
0: <laughs> yeah, like I looked at it. It looks like such a simple section of track, but it's not. Like that was there's a lot going on there in terms of like bike setup rider technique like there's just that that to me was just such a simple a clear example of like fuck these guys are good
1: yeah and that's one of the those that's those sections usually there's a lot of time that we made up it's like it's so simple but you can like land that triple perfect and carry so much momentum into that sweeper and then triple again like yeah those simple things sometimes are like some of the hardest but also the biggest time makers on the track because like i said we're all doing we're all doing the same jumps and the same rhythms but it's all just about pushing through that stuff harder and carrying more momentum and speed
0: yeah yeah so um switching gears a little bit what was it like to have a child <laughs> brought into this world special
1: yeah it was uh There was no feeling like it really to be honest like when he was born was it was and it was insane honestly so uh it was scary it was really scary um but then also just like melts your heart and definitely feelings that I've never felt before and and like we were in Florida we had him and then three weeks later like well you leave the you leave the hospital and it's just like all right like what do we do kind of and you just but you just get on with it you figure it out and And then like three weeks later, it's like, all right, we got to go to California. We got two weeks before Anaheim. So get on a plane, fly fly him across the country. And, but you just, you just learn, you pick it up. And it's really, man, it's so cool to like, he's only six weeks old, but like to see how he's changing and like, like starting to smile. And like, I keep saying he's like morphing into a little human because I mean, he is. And, and I think it's really cool to see him like, just change and like I me and Amber's crushing it. She's doing a great job. It's not easy. You know, our, our position in, in racing, it's so serious. So we definitely, we have to train a lot. We have to ride a lot. We have a lot of things going on. So the you have to have a strong wife that to help you have a kid during race and i can see why a lot of people wait until they're because yeah um, it's it's a lot of work it's not easy it's not you know it's not a dog you don't just let him out and give him some water you gotta you gotta take care of him and uh but it's cool I, he's gonna get to grow up like you know already he's traveled to a ton of places and he's gonna get to fly around and be at the dirt bike races for a few more years which i think will be a be a really cool way to grow up and he's going to be able to see the world and he's got an English English mom <laughs> so that'll be cool yeah, be, yeah. Able to go to, be able to go to the UK and uh yeah but it's it's surreal it's definitely a, a really good feeling and it it's just like for right now like I go to the track I do my work and I just want to get home and see him so it's uh it's just like just brings like more perspective to life a little bit
0: yeah yeah What well, uh for someone that's had like so many gnarly injuries and like always been in hospitals and all that sort of shit was it gnarly to just be doing like the delivery i don't know if like you watched it or if you were in there or like what the deal was but just being on the other side of like essentially a surgery
1: oh it was scary yeah it was just it was really like yeah when you when we go through it it's like it just is what it is but then like someone you love like going through it was was really intense and um Amber ended up having to have like emergency c-sections because like it just you know he's like stopped breathing a couple of times it like got it got like really scary so they like just rushed her in and they're like all right you like just put on this suit and we'll just walk you back here and they're just gonna start and like I went in there and like they walk you into this room and like they're doing surgery on her and they just have a, like a like a, a little like cloth between her face and like the surgery so it's I'm like see that and then like or it's just so intense like it was uh the real deal like uh, <laughs> it was it was it was yeah I was I've never felt that before for sure it was like really intense and then they came like, come out and yeah it was <laughs> it was gnarly cool like really (laughs) like so special so special but like so for real it was that that was like this is real life
0: (laughs) it's so gnarly just what the human body's capable of like you just grow a fucking child no it's
1: not it doesn't i like i still mean i sit there at amber and looking at sunny and i'm just like we that's ours (laughs) like like we made him and he (laughs) like the whole process of like women how can they can do that in birth and it's unbelievable um yeah makes us dudes look like (laughs) nothing because that's yeah incredible how and then like you know c-section's kind of gnarly that's major surgery so um like three weeks later we're flying out to the race and going racing so yeah i keep i keep telling Amber, i'm like you're super mom like you crushed it like and it's yeah it's impressive what um women can do (laughs)
0: Did you think that it was impressive that a woman would want to marry you knowing how fucking weird you are? (laughs) You get like this nice English bird (laughs) that comes out to live in the fucking BAM land with just the biggest kook of all time. Like, how does that work?
1: Yeah, Amber always says I tricked her, which uh, I kind of tricked her for sure. (laughs) No, I was... uh, Yeah, dude, it was crazy. I was just single and went i was racing what we we did we uh we did uh lil they did lil that year it wasn't pa- it was paris but it was lil um and and the crazy thing is yeah. amber was actually at that race and we didn't even meet we never saw each other never met she was there working and then a couple weeks later we went and raced geneva and had a few mutual friends and i, I met met her and i was like oh, this chick's so hot. like just like like <laughs> heart, hearts and eyes, you know? And then she was like, Oh, we're all going to hang out at the hotel or whatever. And I was like, yeah, maybe I'll see you after the race. And I had a like crap race and I wasn't going to go hang out or anything. And, um, took like went in the elevator and the elevator is going up and it opens not on my floor. And, and she's in the elevator. I'm like, like, this is, the like, coincidence, like, whoa, crazy, um, and she's like, yeah, we're gonna go hang out, and I was like, yeah, I might come down, and so anyways, we ended up hanging out and talking, and like I said, I, I, like, had a crap race and stuff, and then, like, I don't know I was not in a good place in my career at all I was like not nah, just yeah it was it was rough but obviously people still believed in me so uh, and I still you know had some uh, that's when we were on Suzuki just starting so it was like the first or second race mm. and it it was just yeah it was tough like I was not in a mental mentally good place so it just seemed like for some reason I met Amber at a really good time and like Amber's super smart she's got her master's and all these degrees in psychology and criminology and all this stuff oh really oh yeah like she yeah she's really really I didn't smart know that. yeah yeah so she's like my personal psychologist so <laughs> but yeah so is we that, that a
0: good ha- is that a good thing
1: yeah it's really good no it's been no I, you would think like <laughs> she, we would drive each other crazy but no it's like we're, we're a really good fit it's actually really cool but um yeah we so we ended up hanging out that night and then she's like yeah me and my friend are staying here a couple days like are you going home tomorrow or what and I was like yeah um she's like oh well you should stay and hang out with us and I like me that's not my style at all like I was supposed to fly home and that that, it was like probably a couple hours like until we were supposed to fly home so anyways I call like Delta I'm like hey I need to change my flight (laughs) and my mom my mom was there and Ben was there and Ben's like yeah dude like go change your flight stay like and I was like I don't know if I should so anyways I did and the next morning my mom's like you need to get your shit together. Like, what are you doing? Like all this, like she was super mad at me and which she should have been. Cause I was like, didn't have my shit together. So anyways, I end up staying a couple, uh, a extra day in Geneva, hanging out and we just communicated and, um, go to, I got hurt before Anaheim. So I like, Flew. I was like, "Hey, do you want to fly out here for a week and hang out with me?" And and like the Amber, she's like, if you ask her family or friends, she would never, never do that. So she, anyways, she like flies out. We hang out for about a week. She flies home, and then I'm still injured, can't do anything. So I'm like, "Hey, like, uh, I was thinking like maybe I'll fly to UK and like hang out." And she's like, "Yeah, that's cool." So. Get a flight to the UK, hang out, meet her parents, and her parents liked me. And my and my like my mom thought I was crazy when when uh, I stayed in Geneva. And then like they're such a, my mom loves Amber so much, family like. So anyways, it was just crazy. Like it was like when you it's everything clicked and uh, like <laughs> yeah. And I, and Amber says like oh you were so sweet and so nice and obviously like I'm different like I'm not like. <laughs> from supercross so I am trying to be sweet and nice but I also definitely tricked her I was like pull put the what do they say pull pull the wool over or whatever like uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it's crazy but yeah Amber like and like I said I was at the the worst time of my career so mentally I was in a bad position and I was gonna retire and like if Amber didn't come along I probably would have retired because she's like she knew I didn't really wasn't done with my career so yeah she pushed me to keep racing so yeah she definitely changed my life uh more in more than one way
0: it's crazy man like uh yeah i never like really talk about relationship stuff but like my chick now like i was pretty much like i was like super low point when i met my chick i ended up like i was on like a trip I crashed. I fucked my shoulder. I was like the brokeest. I was so broke. Like it was retarded. Like I, the podcast was, and the podcast was like big, <laughs> but I just yeah, wasn't making like any money. And like I just went through like a bunch of shit. And yeah, like meeting, meeting her, like if you meet the right person at the right time, like it's actually crazy what just having some like, cause even though, even though the podcast was like super successful at the time, um, different to what it is now, but it was definitely like good and it was successful enough, you know, but like, it still just didn't really feel like people believed in me that much, you know? And then with her, she just like full, like just saw everything that I saw, you know? And it was like, she just saw it when, when I was like the only one that saw it, but I'd pretty much given up on it in a sense too, you know? Like I could see the, I was like, I can see how this works, but it's just not fucking working. And then, yeah, it was just like she could see it almost like better than I did, you know, and it was definitely like a, it was definitely like a changing point for me in a sense, you know,
1: same. No, everything you just said is like the same thing. It's like when you meet that person and they, be- they literally believe in you more than you be- we-, we believe in ourselves, it's like so special that if you find someone like that and at the right time, like changes your life completely like 100 percent and like obviously now we, we have a baby but she um you know amber sacrificed she was about to just like start you know she was going to be a doctor like a psychologist and stuff she was just about to do that she was like a year away from it and then i come into her life and change that whole whole situation and she changes my whole life like it's uh yeah it's honestly the world works in mysterious ways it's it's sick
0: yeah man that's cool i didn't know that she had a master's in psychology that's like a it's like a badass chick to to be around and honestly like kind of makes sense in a way like that you know you kind of the career not that it's all down to like your fucking chick having a psychology degree but you know like it just there seems like just a different level of like maturity in the way that you approach things now it just seems like a guy that's just way more like mentally like headstrong in a sense less reckless just more like calculated people probably are going to listen to that be like what the fuck you talking Uh, about (laughs) but but it's true you know like if you look at the career swing that you've had from yeah like wanting to retire on jgr to the like the version of you that we've seen now like it's pretty massive
1: yeah it's huge and uh yeah you just meet that person and they change your life and it's definitely definitely crazy like yeah (laughs) yeah she was supposed to be a psychologist that's like insane and like for me like that's like like somehow the person I needed in my life to fix my whole whole career so yeah I definitely give Amber a ton of credit for that um yeah she turned turned my career around and like she's not you wouldn't think she's a like was going to be you know a doctor and stuff psychologist like she's really like she's really fun um obviously super professional but also like you know she traveled around she did a lot of monster stuff for monster in europe like going to races and the crazy thing is she didn't even she never did the motorcycle stuff she just did like like she did a lot of stuff actually with ken block and like car stuff rally like all that kind of stuff so she just the the year we met she just started doing a couple supercross like the geneva the the paris stuff like that so it's like just Mm. everything everything kind of happens like coincidence it's yeah yeah like like i said earlier like all the stars kind of line it just works out
0: yeah so uh what have you learned dating or being married to a chick from the uk another country what have you learned about the world what have you learned about americans (laughs) (laughs)
1: that, that the UK is sick. (laughs) Like in in like the people in the UK are really cool. Um, like honestly, all my friends now are in the UK. Like I, like, like true friends like that I have over there. A lot of them are over there. Obviously I do have a lot of good friends over here in the US as well, but, um, Europe is just, um, it seems a little more chill, like a little more relaxed in a way. Um, like everyone in America is always like, I don't know, just trying to kill kill each other for something <laughs> a little bit in a way like it's kind of crazy. Just more, I don't know, seems a little more intense here over there. Like anytime I go over there, it just feels like really calm and relaxed and everyone's just super like genuine and nice people.
0: Did you had you traveled mo- like that much before? Because it's different when you go for racing versus when you just go because that's where, like, your partner's from. Like, it's a totally different experience.
1: Yeah, exactly. It is. I always did, like I said, I did a lot of motocross nations um, and then, like, Paris and Geneva all the time. So And, like, Italy, back in the day, we used to do a few races there. But, like you said, it's just kind of like you go fly over there and you try to like get on the time and you're like so tired and you're just racing and eat some of the food like obviously for me I love Europe in general like I always wanted to go over there and race kind of for a long time in my career so it was like I always really liked it but then why not you go somewhere and you spend a couple weeks and chill out and like go see see things and do things and meet people and it's just a good time like the last time I went over there we spent like a week or so and I got a bicycle I was there and just went with my buddies and we just like rode bicycles through like all these trails and just yeah just it's a good time
0: yeah yeah Europe Europe's pretty cool man I just think too like the when you get a perspective of just how old stuff is I don't know why but that's always just like really resonated with me like you drive through the the English countryside and you see the stone fences and you're just like probably fucking a thousand years old (laughs) you know it's probably older than anything that's in america
1: yeah the uk is crazy there's like that's what when i go over there too we've been so many places over there and seen so like go to you can go to these castles and do all this stuff and it's just like so wild like in america we don't really care about like knocking stuff down and and rebuilding it and there's just so much property and all this stuff and like in the uk there's just so many like a lot of rules you can't knock things down and you can't build here 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 which some people don't like that but like it's super cool to go over there and like and like the cool thing about it for bicycles there's like giveaways in everyone's fields so like you can just ride like your bicycle like everywhere there because there's like little like horse paths horse horse paths through like every field in the UK so it's yeah. like yeah. super rad in America you would get yeah, shot the, if uh, you did that
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one hand, like literally you'd get yeah. shot like there would and there'd be a sign telling you that you'd get that you'd shot go- yeah <laughs> it's not even like it'd be a surprise no uh, it's funny could you see yourself living over there
1: yeah, yeah, kids for sure. There's definitely that's the plan, you know, we want our kids to go to school there. So, definitely in the next uh, you know, obviously a couple of years, we definitely like to get a little house there and, you know, put the kids to school there for sure. Um, but definitely going to keep my place in Florida and always be kind of same like in between the two places for sure and obviously, you know, I don't know what my career is going to bring after racing. So, um, I might be over here in the US more I might be in the UK doing things through Europe like but that's kind of the cool thing about it is I just feel like there's so many opportunities I can ride dirt bikes across the whole world and bicycles across the world like I just you know it's it's endless
0: yeah yeah it's cool to it's definitely cool to be super central to like I'm about to move over to Dubai and it's just like the whole thing is like I just want to be in the middle so that i can like i want to go to gps this year i want to go to world cup downhill races this year like i just to be able to go places so easily and that's one of the best things about europe man like you're in the uk dude you're like you're a fucking two hour flight from pretty much everywhere you know that that you'd sort of want to go in europe and it's just so easy these days you know to just jump on a plane and even it's so easy just to go back to america if you have to
1: yeah literally seven hour flight to america um and yeah like you said two hour flight all throughout europe um and then that's actually sick you're going to Dubai. i've never been there it looks insane so that'll be cool i've amber's been before and she always tells me it's how like unreal it is so i bet that'll be that'll be sick congrats
0: yeah i'm i'm stoked like i'm actually keen to do some riding over there too like we've done um i wrote <laughs> dude they got this track it's like 6Ks long motocross track in... So imagine if like Glamis had a permanent motocross track that was just pegged out 24-7 that goes for six kilometers. Like that's that's what this... place called MX Ride in Dubai. I did two laps of it on a TM450 with like not straight handlebars. So I'm like actually frothing to get back there and, and, and do some riding because uh, we're, we're all doing world vets at the end of the year. Like me and my buddies that... You know, like we, we grew up racing my brother and stuff like that and um and yes yeah, so i'm like all right i'm gonna go full trainer mode go on full fitness like i've even i even text will and i'm like uh i'm like dude when i get to america like i'll come to your garage and like we'll train and you know get get ready but one of the things i'm excited for is just is just like riding and kind of like exploring a new place because i'm even like kind of just into the adventure bike stuff as well these days like you know going doing a couple hundred miles and taking some lunch and a camelback <laughs> like it all uh i don't know all that shit excites me as i get a bit older
1: no for sure i think the adventure bike stuff's sick like uh jeff stanton i trained with the, him for a couple of years and we're good friends and we go way back but he does this like he does this adventure camp now and he people fly in and go ride with him and do all this stuff in it and he lives up in michigan and it's like ugh, looks unreal the trails they ride and stuff like so beautiful yeah i'm, I'm I, like i said i'm all into that kind of stuff all kinds of riding, just different disciplines and it takes different types of skills and the more s- different stuff you do like that i believe it just hones your skills even better for when you go race so it's like it's cool to do all that different stuff
0: yeah man Nah, no, it's definitely i'm i'm excited about it like it's gonna be gnarly though like dude the track was fucking brutal man like i <laughs> honestly couldn't believe it in two laps my back was smoked
1: so no no prep on the track <laughs>
0: Nah, like, I think they they bulldoze the start straight sometimes. But the thing is, is it's... They're legit sand dunes to where they're just changing every single day. So, they've got these long-ass poles that stick out of the ground that... So, like, the track can't change. But everything's different every single day. And it's just all these, like, blind rollers, basically. I'll actually send you a video. But they reckon even the local guys, like, most of the time you just can't go out first lap and jump everything because the the wind has changed the dunes mm. so much but like and it's they get rain sometimes but it's so dry out there as well it's just like dry sand dunes using just like a scoop tire that you'd use at redbud
1: yeah well you'll probably get better at riding for sure riding that stuff because it's like sand and dunes and it changing non definitely get better that's good
0: yeah, that's the plan. We'll see if we get, we can get any better. But yeah, I think just being in like a, being in, a, I don't know, just a different part of the world. Like I, th- I think some people like traveling, some people don't like traveling. It's definitely, it's a fuck around to travel. Like, especially when you get in a really good routine. That's actually one thing I learned through COVID that I'd I'd never really done before was got into like a really dialed routine. And then to break that. And I think I ended up like, Oh uh, yeah, it was when I went to Bali. I hadn't been on a plane in like two years and then I went and I spent six weeks in Bali and uh, yeah, just literally had anxiety from just the smaller shit of like just not being in the exact same. I'm like, dude, you literally used to travel all over the world for your entire life and now you fucking freak out over one flight and you can't deal with it
1: i think i i I get what you're saying and i I think that's a hard thing about racing is because we're we have to like so you like the diet like try to have like the strict diet and like healthy and and travel and your sleep and all this stuff and then like when you have a kid and racing dirt bikes and traveling so much it's like i think like i think for myself like i'm super into the whole nutrition stuff and like doing all that stuff and training so like i think like I'm pretty good at it, but it's so intense, like, trying to juggle all this stuff and, like, do it all it's it's pr- it's pretty it's pretty wild and like you like you said like you do these boot camps like or like we do these boot camps in florida before the season and you have this base and you're there and then it's just like all right we're gonna go fly every single weekend and you just have to like you kind of geek out a little and you just like pack your little lunches and do all this stuff it's kind of yeah, like yeah. I, I, I like that stuff i think it's fun but it's definitely it's super difficult to do and then especially having a kid it throws another curveball in there it's so it's so wild. Like, like I love it but it's definitely it changes life completely
0: well you'd have to prioritize him more than you right like oh yeah you can't exactly just be like uh no nah, I'm just gonna do my own thing like, I've got to get this done it's like well no nah, he just dies <laughs> like yeah no you do literally, your yeah. Thing or, like the kid dies
1: <laughs> yeah literally no the, you definitely prior, prioritize the kid for sure and it's uh luckily it hasn't been like this crazy hard change it's just like the biggest thing like me and amber were scared of it was just going to change our life completely like we weren't able to eat anymore because we like really like to go to like cool restaurants when we're traveling and do all this stuff and see stuff and we were scared that it was going to change everything but like literally i think we just literally threw him into our life and we haven't changed a thing and it's like if he cries we give him a bottle if he cries we get we change his diaper like it's just you just get on with it and you don't you don't let uh you don't let it change change your lifestyle it's it's cool
0: mate that's such like a uk mum thing though i reckon (laughs) like that's that's, that'd be amber just fully channeling like her mum and like a grandma and shit
1: yeah literally like even at the podium this weekend like he's crying and amber's uh, has a bottle and feeding him at the podium i'm like this is so funny like definitely pop pop in different bottles nowadays that's for sure
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's it's cool it's
1: it's really cool
0: I just think it's gnarly that all three of you guys are just, well, Eli's kids are a little bit older, but it's like Coop, I mean, you, Coop, Dino, like, you all kind of had kids around the same sort of time, and it's like you've known each other since you were kids as well. It's the fact that you three guys all got on the box this weekend, and literally, it's just like trophy newborn
1: yeah no it is it's it is i think it's cool and like yeah marvin had a baby uh anderson's gonna have a baby like there's just it's just yeah we're we're man we're we're growing up and and also yeah it was like i don't know for, it's weird how it's happened like the timing all of us having kids at the same time like God, it's like we almost like we're i'm lying to you that we don't talk we all had a little power and we're like all right now's the time let's do it like <laughs> yeah. it's so funny
0: yeah, it's it's just weird how, it, weird how that shit works out. But I think, is it because this, like, do you think it's because you guys just aren't retiring as, as early as what, like, Ricky, James, Chad, Ryan, Ryan. Do you think that there was just, like, a weird era of the sport where guys just retired so young that it was almost just like... At 27, you were done. So it's like you just didn't – you could wait until you had kids, whereas nowadays it's just like I'm still racing. I'm still on the box. I'm still loving it. I'm 30. Like we've got to have a kid. We can't wait until, you know.
1: It seems that way for sure. But for me, um, I mean, I just wanted a kid. Like I was like – so Amber wanted to obviously wait till we moved back to the UK, but I was like kind of like, ah, I think I can probably – like because i was like maybe two years when i signed with gas gas i was like this is gonna be my last contract and it was a two-year contract and now i just this is my third year with him so i was like yeah probably after two years we'll move back to uk and have a kid so that would have been after this season but like i was like nah, i think like, i want to race like <laughs> quite a few more years so i uh yeah i was like let's let's just do it like i'm, I'm ready like i can handle it like it's no big deal. Like we'll figure it out. And I feel like we are figuring it out and we're doing a good job and I'm, you know, it's definitely the right, right decision. And there's no problem going racing with a kid. It's uh, like you said, you know, there's three of us on the podium this weekend with kids. So it's definitely not a bad thing.
0: Yeah. What, um, why do you think the retirement age is going up though? It's a good question. Um,
1: I don't know, maybe, honestly no idea like no clue for me I don't like I just feel like figured out how to take care of the body better and and the riding I feel I feel better than ever riding and having fun and I don't know it's like it's just yeah I don't know if just times have changed but um yeah, I'm, I'm happy about it because I still want to race and, and I'm really enjoying it. So and it'll be cool if I can keep racing for quite a few more years and, like, Sonny will be able to kind of actually get a idea of what I did, hopefully. So that, that'd be cool if he was still, like, if he gets old enough to see me race a little bit, that'd be cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, fuck, it just seems like there's no reason for... And even Eli, like, imagine if he retires this year, just like, bro, you're killing yeah. it right now. Like, you really don't need to like you could do it if you find it fun you know
1: yeah it sounds crazy to hear that he could retire after this year because he's like I mean I don't know he's it it doesn't seem like we're that old like we're just we're having a good time we're racing and obviously he could retire he's done really well for himself and be no one would like be like mad that he retired but it doesn't seem like he like needs to it looks like he's having fun and he's still obviously really competitive and yeah it's uh i don't know why the times have changed so much but it's it's cool i think uh it's just like yeah, like we all brought these kids into the world and now they're running around they're gonna be running around the pits in a couple years like it's just yeah it's funny really
0: yeah it's it's like a cool full circle kind of kind of deal did you think that did you think when you were younger, like, let's say, like, 18, 19 Geico days, like, what did you think retirement would have looked like then if you had to – or were you just – it never even, like, crossed your mind?
1: No, it never really crossed my mind. I never thought about it, like, like retiring. I was just, like – I think you're just so in the moment in racing and there's yeah. – like, we – it's, it's like, you know, like, going to MTF. It's You're in that bubble and now we're just, like, in a big – big racing bubble and it's like you don't really think about that you know the life after racing really and then like now it definitely like i I never thought i was gonna get married like have a kid like i never really thought about that stuff and then you know it all it all just clicks and comes together and it's like now like now you start to see see life and obviously there's more to racing and like it's uh yeah it's really it's, it's cool, yeah. You just, like, you get in this bubble and you don't think about it and then things just start happening. Um, yeah, you don't think about retiring and stuff and you just go with the flow.
0: It's funny when you you say, like, yeah, things start happening. Like, you don't think you're going to get married. Bang, you're engaged and you get married. You don't think you're going to have a kid. Bang, you, you got a kid. And there's almost, like, a weird thing where sometimes you've just got to, like, get out of your own way and like let your life happen to you if it's going good I don't know if that makes sense but I I feel like if I looked back at my life in like my 20s or the, like the times that I struggled I was probably just in my way a little bit more than I needed to be and like overthinking decisions and like because I think about you know now like there's like even like moving to Dubai like all it was just a thing that got brought up to me in May of last year and it was just like Hmm. Okay. Like, yeah, maybe like, I don't really want to live anywhere else. And then you are just inquiring about things and you sort of, you just start going down the road and then it's just then fucking, it ends up happening. And it's like, all I had to do for it to happen was just like not get in my way and stop it from happening. It feels like the same as like relationships. And, and it's like a weird thing, right? That if you like, you can just let your life happen. And if you're like doing the right thing, it goes in the right direction.
1: So true, yeah. It's definitely, yeah. We get in our way a lot, we overthink things, and it just we hold ourselves back. It's so, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And then, yeah, when literally you just kind of like I, I was kind of like I said, like when I was in Geneva, I was in a bad place in my career, but I was just finally, I was just kind of like, all right, whatever, like just I was literally at the whatever point, and so I like yeah. let go and let myself step out of my comfort zone and do things and then it's like a puzzle and it just everything fell into place what by me just kind of like stop being so uptight or like just letting go a little bit so yeah that's so true
0: what was the what was like the worst part of the process for you like when you're in that bad headspace and you were struggling in geneva and you're like at that lowest point like what was what's the thing that gets you there the most or that got you there? I,
1: I think it's, um, man, it was so, it was like, I think the hardest thing was the belief. Like, I just didn't, like, I had no, like, self-confidence in myself. Like, I like I remember, for instance, I, like, the hardest thing was, like, I, re- I remembered being this, like, bad dude on a bike and like yeah maybe I still was a little bit but I didn't believe that at all and like people were still like still had a ton of fans and people were still super stoked to see me and like they're paying me to come to Geneva and race but like for me I was like I don't I just didn't feel feel right like I just felt so like it felt so foreign like like I wasn't even there just like uncomfortable and and I couldn't do anything right on the bike I just literally dude it was like I felt like. Um, I felt like I was wearing like an iron suit riding. Like I just felt so on, yeah. un- uncomfortable, And, and that went on for a couple, like a, a couple of years uh, over there. For some reason, I just couldn't, nothing was going right. I was never, I couldn't, didn't feel comfortable on the bike and then had injuries and then come back and injuries. And it just like all kind of, kind of morphed Compounds. together. Yeah. I just compounded together and I was just like, it finally got to the point where it's just like, well, probably like not going to get any more jobs. Like if I keep this up, um, like who's going to want me to race for him. And then like, I don't know, I was just mentally just burnt out of it. And then, so <laughs> then I let go and, and it turned my whole career around.
0: Yeah, man. It's crazy to think that, you know, you can be in such like a, cause even just like your riding style like just it's wild as fuck (laughs) it has been like i mean it's gotten like you've reined it in and it's still like i think about like anaheim one first lap whipping off the triple and just landing to flat like almost sideways like i wish i could have like a freeze frame of like what your bike looked like when you landed from that so it's like i don't know just to be to know there's that guy and then to hear like the way that that you struggled. And there's probably something to it that you just, you don't know what you don't know. Right. So like, that's the first time you're going through something that gnarly. And it's the first time you're in that kind of headspace. You are probably just sitting there thinking, well, I guess this is just what happens when to dirt bike dudes, you, you bad dude. And then you are just not good at riding anymore. <laughs> and then you retire and you get another job. Like, you know, that it'd be very easy if you've never been through that before to just think that that's how this shit goes
1: yeah the the way i had the pressure i felt like i had on my shoulders the whole time i was at jgr was so gnarly it was like you know i i left honda i just wasn't like i was just looking for a change it just wasn't the fit didn't feel right to me i just wanted to have more fun and i felt like um you know it was like talking to jgr and um You know talking to coach Gibbs and um get the call from them and they're super interested and they fly this private jet down to my you know property down in Florida that close airport they fly me up to a facility check it out and I'm like this is awesome like this is the sickest thing ever and I like was so stoked in their operation and they what they could do and I went there and I had surgery before I got on the bike and got healthy and all good and then getting ready and it was like some injuries and stuff like that and just the pressure like I felt like I had there like they had this big contract and it just dude it just piled up on me and it and it kept like I, I would have these breakthrough moments like that like you said like scrubbing that triple throwing it sideways like I had these moments like I'd win a race and like I gave them lots of race wins and lots of firsts and stuff like that but I was never you know i i went there believing that i could win championships and they believed that as well and i was never able to you know we were together we were never able to make that happen so it was just a huge um man it was the the pressure it was like just crumbled really and then towards the end obviously like they were you know yamaha was starting their team again so that that was pretty crazy actually that time too they could they got a call obviously and like i was starting a team and like then like i don't know what went on but i got a call and they're like hey we need to have a meeting with you and um they're like yeah we you know we're probably we're either gonna have to you know fold the team or you're gonna have to take like this huge pay cut and we're gonna do suzuki for a year and i'm like that was like and i was alone i was living alone up there like that was the first time i was kind of away from like not away from my family but i was just like up there doing my thing so that was like I was in a bad place already and then they threw that at me and it was like whoa like this is crazy like I have to make this decision (laughs) like like you know I was on my last year contract so it was like just like so surreal like and then I was in already not in a good place and then get thrown on this new bike and having to get it done in one year and more injuries and things like that and it was just like I said the pressure was so so gnarly it just yeah it broke me down big time
0: so is the pressure the money? Like the fact that they've given you like this big contract and then with that, it's like, righto, you're the championship. You're the championship guy. Like go go win it. And then as soon as you, you're you not... Because there's a point in the season, like, I mean, you could probably get like four or five races in and know like, okay, I'm not going to win the championship, which that's always like gnarly too, that we get 17 rounds, which I think this is it's probably like a different maybe we'll save this for the next question, but um, it's like you get 17 rounds, but then it's like the points all go in this order that you can be five races in and it's like, yeah, it's over. You know, like you're not going to win the championship. So then like, what do you race for? Um, But yeah, I guess, was it just the pressure then of like having such a big contract and then just feeling like you're just not delivering on it? Honestly, no, Um, it
1: was the the feeling that I had was I couldn't deliver the podiums and the wins that was really what hurt me like the most like I never the money for the, the money aspect of it never came into play really for me like obviously yeah I went there and got paid a lot of money and was supposed to do this stuff but it was more of like what really like broke me down inside was I couldn't like like I just couldn't do it like I couldn't go and get the job done that I wanted to get done and then like you just see like people lose you know believe in you and then just things start to crumble apart so I was just like mentally just like tough
0: yeah and then if you've never been through that before like I feel like you could go through a struggle at gas gas in a in a similar way where but it just wouldn't spiral to where it did purely because you've been through it before you know but when it's your first time going through something like that you just don't know how to deal with it
1: definitely like even like last year I felt like things kind of didn't go the way I wanted them to go and I, but I was still like like it never never crumbled apart or felt like that obviously disappointment and like wanted to perform and do all these things but it's like even at the end of supercross we were still like battling for you know third place in the championship so it was still strong but definitely it wasn't like it didn't ruin us we were still you know fighting so yeah it was uh it's just different and you know the first time you go through that definitely is it can tear you tear you down big time
0: and so what's it like then to be to hit that point in a series where you're like i ain't gonna win the title Uh, but you've you still like obviously you still want to go and get the job done like there's still bonus money there's still but like does it is there like a weird switch mentally when like you just you almost check yourself out of the championship race it sucks
1: sucks for sure it's uh yeah, it's not fun, but I think when you're in that position, you so you move on to the next thing. It's like okay, now I'm gonna fight for trying to get third top top three in the championship. So yeah, and I, yeah. I've been in I've been in that position a lot of times. So I never like I I never like is like it never hits me to where I'm like okay, well I'm just gonna cruise around and like just roll around and collect a check like that's no way like that's just not my style so I'm always like no matter what like buckle the helmet up I'm gonna go out there and give it my all no matter what and fight for you know (laughs) it's like I remember it might have been Dino or something or I can't remember who it was but we were battling like I saw him doing someone do an interview and we were battling for like fifth sixth seventh place and he's like yeah the dude's racing like he's going for the win and I'm like (laughs) it's just that's just how I am (laughs)
0: Yeah, MTF bro. That's all you have gotta say.
1: Literally, it's just yeah, old school.
0: <laughs> yeah. Do you think that there's like something that could be done with the points to where you do? Well, I guess like the SMX thing. That's sort of trying to do like the playoffs to keep it like interesting. But I always would would think that there's like drop rounds that you could do, or you know, like you you go all right. You get seventeen races, but we only take points from fifteen, or or, like, some kind of, I don't know, you get, I don't know. Like, I mean, a lot of championships do that to just prevent guys from just, like, walking away, you know, with the championship. But then I yeah, I guess there's so many arguments to and from there, you know?
1: Yeah, so many arguments to that. Um, for me, yeah, obviously, I think it'd be great to, you know, to be able to have a – you know drop your worst race or something like that and make it more exciting but obviously they went for a different excitement by doing the super motocross and combining all that stuff and adding more races and stuff it's definitely is that the route I would have took I I don't I don't think so I would have tried to like keep the same you know thing but make it I don't know yeah like you said do I don't know if you drop a drop a race or something like that I mean there's but (laughs) <laughs> it's hard decisions and there's a, a lot to it but there's there's just so much going on in the sport right now and you know we have the world supercross like this year that that stuff looks sick and obviously i'd love to like i love europe and, and love going racing over there so i'd love to do those but now we're kind of you know we have so many races and then what what we get like a month off before we start testing or something and barely so it's like that we're kind of got our hands tied for for racing over here
0: is it is it too gnarly you think like the amount of races that it it's not just like because it's not just the races then you've got to have the time to test and then you've got to have you know it's like the travel time and you know essentially motocross and supercross you're doing two different sports like i don't know do you think that do you think that it is just too gnarly like where we're at in terms of the amount of racing you have to do
1: i think it's really gnarly for sure i think um it's, it's definitely hard so for instance like we don't you know gas gas we don't have a test rider so like we all oh, the 250 kids like me i do my own testing uh, stuff so like to do that like you have to you know you have to definitely you have to have a really good crew chief which actually like this year we have a really good crew chief ollie old mechanic now he's the crew chief of the team so he's done a really good job organizing that so that's went seamless but i think the biggest thing now is it's like you have to have a really good plan throughout the whole season to like stay healthy and recover quick and like do all this stuff. So, um, I do feel like I have a good, good thing going right now trying to figure that out. But now I almost, like I said, it feels like now you have to be a little more smarter about your, your training and not to over train because the season's so long. There's so many races and yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely gnarly. And like, even like, you know, the, we missed that second round but you know they we have an off weekend so we're just going to fill it in on an off weekend it's just kind of like i feel like you know we probably could have skipped that one it probably would have been all right but now like <laughs> yeah. the truck the, like our truck driver has to drive from tampa all the way to oakland and then oakland to texas like to fill that in like it's like the all the truck drivers are having to get a second truck driver just to like make things happen so um yeah it's it's gnarly they just don't want to miss a race which is you know i get it in a way on on their side but also like for like a lot of people it's really difficult like i don't privateers are absolute living legends i don't know how these guys do it because the season is so wild and there's so many races and the equipment's taking a beat and all this stuff like privateers like bad dudes because it's it's intense like i only did privateer thing like one race so i, I got a little taste <laughs> of it but i couldn't I, I couldn't imagine doing you know all the races they're they're legends
0: yeah dude even just the logistics like just knowing you know like just to drive to those races and to deal with all of the logistics of just being in that many places that many times
1: no it's it's absolutely crazy i don't know how how the boys do it they're you know, more power to i like it's 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 unreal like alls i do is I, I like to book my own flights and like that's that takes time just to book book flights for me amber <laughs> like it's that takes a lot so matt i could only imagine logistically like signing yourself up for the races like paying the entry fees driving to the races getting your bike sorted your parts like those guys like to be competitive and do that is just unreal
0: yeah and and to be fair like there's some really good guys that are that are out there as as privateers these days you know like it's just dude to make a 450 main event in 2023 is just some like next level shit you know like if you can do a (laughs) if you can be a privateer and put a bike in a main event like there really should be some kind of Compensation for doing that because, like, you're a fucking G.
1: <laughs> yeah, 100%. I agree with you. There's, it's, yeah, to go in the main event is a real deal to, <laughs> if you're doing it all on your own, and a lot of guys are, like, and and you see those guys like i used to kind of be like oh like why is he so stoked on winning the lcq like for us we're like (laughs) lcq is like such a bummer but i get it now for 100 percent i see it like it's so it's so special to get in the main main event there's so much so much stuff that goes into it and just like all i have to worry about is you know taking care of myself really and being fit and healthy and and uh, like the bike shows up and that's that's it those guys have to do everything so yeah they definitely should there should be <laughs> there should be so much more money in this sport but it's just uh yeah, it's not not that so
0: where where do we think like where do you see you know like you've probably got a few more years like right at the top of of the sport like where do you see it going or like where would you like when you retire where would you want supercross to be
1: Good question. I think where would I, so where I would want to see it be is I think motocross is super special, super special. Motocross should always be around. Like that's just the roots. Of, yeah. That's how we all grew up racing. So it needs to be a motocross series. Does it need to be, you know, 10 races, 12 races, eight races? I don't know, but I think supercross could, could shrink down do, you know, instead of, I don't know, 18 races, do 12 races and, And the biggest thing I think they need to somehow go out there and find bigger sponsors to bring like a more, you know, make it, it's, it's legit. It's super legit. Our sport, like, you know, we have all, but it's just energy drinks and stuff like that. We need like, you know, some like big tech sponsors or something like that, like involve like Amazon or something like that. So I'd love to see it. Some bigger sponsors, more fans, a little bit shorter, intense series maybe, and, and just guys having fun and obviously have rules still, but you know, let the guys rough each other up a little. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But like, no, like for instance, like remember when Weston and Vince got into it, like they played that on the big screen. Like we were, we were talking about that a bit, yeah. but like just like, yeah, either, you know, you have to, you can't fight or you can't fight. <laughs> Imagine if we were allowed to fight yeah. like on the track, that'd be pretty <sighs> crazy. I'd <laughs> definitely, definitely Yeah, I definitely get beat <laughs> up for sure. Like I'm not I'm not I'm no fighter, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, you'd imagine dude, if like ho- it was like like hockey, the rules and you just had to both like oh. like velcro your gloves, juck them on the ground.
1: That's why hockey's cool. Like they fight hard, like it's it's sick. Yeah, that that would be sick. That would be that would be so funny.
0: Dude, the Western punching freeze, like that was probably one of the most, like, shocking and dope things I've ever seen. Yeah. I, I see,
1: actually Because like, so we've awesome. all seen
0: it at a local track. Like, we've all seen yeah. it at a local track. But to see it at Supercross was so fucking gnarly.
1: Yeah, no, it was. It was absolutely intense. And, yeah, he was sick of it. And I, I get it. But... Yeah, Weston was fun to have as a teammate. I actually seen him this past weekend. He looks like he's doing good. The dude's so shredded always, and like we used to make fun of him and say that he eats concrete for breakfast. He's just such a just a meathead, like so gnarly. It's so funny,
0: dude. He he seems like the kind of guy that could have done like any sport and crushed it.
1: Yes, yeah, he was. Uh, he's just good. I feel like he's probably good at anything he does. Just like a really tough tough guy don't really
0: don't really care yeah yeah there's not that many dudes like him around like I feel like I mean LaRocco was kind of like a pretty kind of tough sort of dude like farm boy sort of style I feel like uh Mike Brown would definitely fuck you up like there's some guys that you know (laughs) we I guess just like those east coast farm boys you know but there was not many guys like Weston Pike that were in the sport like he was pretty unique character
1: Absolutely not. Yeah. Weston definitely was a unique character. And, you yeah, know, like you said, Leracco L- 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 Brown, Weston. Uh, I mean, Tyler Evans was kind of like crazy. That What is it? One Punch they nicknamed him. Like he was yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So there was some stuff going on, But yeah, Weston was definitely the, it seems like maybe the last of that crowd right now.
0: Yeah. yeah he was the last of like the Enforcer dudes.
1: Yeah. And me, do so, want to see? Uh, I would, I I so like no like so the mtf thing it leads into that as well like when weston was privateer suzuki i remember trying to mess with him on the track like i was i didn't think about how big he was and i remember like in the tunnel i saw his dad and they were like one gonna kill me and like luckily my mechanic kind of got in between but yeah that was like the mtf thing messed me up because i just didn't think at all
0: dude so yeah no it makes sense so we uh we've, i think we've pretty much done 3 hours but we can't leave without talking about why you love revving your motorcycle so much so it's funny you say that
1: cuz i who was I, I was talking to someone about that um this past weekend um I don't know who but uh they're like yeah you like you just you rev it but you don't rev it as much as you used to and i'm like and i don't know why but like i just i just want to get on the ground faster i think and just like get that power to the ground because like if you look at like <laughs> if you see my da- like my data and stuff like my tor- my rpm and torque and all that like while i'm on the ground is pretty good like i'm not really revved out too crazy like yeah sometimes whatever i get loose cannon and like hold second gear too long or whatever but for the most part it's pretty good it's but it's mostly it's just all air so like i'm just treading water like just trying to get that thing to the ground <laughs> yeah. quicker so that's really all i can say is i'm just trying to get that thing to the ground quick and luckily uh you know i'm on a factory team and these engines are strong and you know it's holding up good <laughs>
0: <laughs> dude there was a video that i watched of you recently just by accident actually it was on aj catanzaro's youtube channel and there was a video of you at like some amateur race as a kid. Maybe you just got your Geico ride. Like you might have even had one five one on your bike, and I know, uh, I know it was at like. You know what I'm talking about?
1: I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I was. I just got my uh, my Geico <laughs> bikes, and I was at a place was called Blue Diamond. It's shut now, um, unfortunately. Great yes, track, go. but um the it was car the bikes were carbureted and they didn't run so good and i remember that day like i was just like just pissed off all day about how it was like kind of bogging and i just kept it cracked the whole t- day dude those bikes would not blow up i just blah blah, blah 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 like yeah that video i i saw it too well not long ago it might maybe same thing and i was just like that was just so stupid
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was literally just Uh, uh, (laughs) it's just like holy fuck like how many bikes did you go through in your 250 days on glyco or they were pretty good at making sure that they didn't grenade
1: yeah they were good at making sure they didn't grenade just swapping the engines out quick um yeah like it sounds crazy i rev it so much but these bikes can just handle it it's just it's just impressive honestly because i because i really push them to push them to the limit
0: Oh, dude. I think you probably don't realize how much you've fucked up an entire generation of amateur kids, though. Like, I look at Deegan, and I look at, like, all of the the Amp kids, and they're just like baby Bashers, man. Just put that thing on the valves and just let it sing.
1: That's so cool. I'm so proud of them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're just like, yeah, boy. Everyone's telling him like, everyone's like, man, you gotta shift gears, you gotta shift gears, and you're over there just like, boys, don't listen to any of these fools.
1: <laughs> it's awesome, yeah. No, Deegan's ripping too. I'm stoked to see when he he goes racing. Those guys are those are on it. His his dad does a good job with him. I'm stoked to see him go racing.
0: Yeah, man. I th- I feel like he'll probably. I think he'll probably do East Coast some East Coast races for sure. Like I just don't, I, I, I don't know. I just yeah. don't see him not showing up.
1: Yeah, I see the same thing. It looks the videos and stuff. seen him, he looks really good. And yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like he should he should just go for it. Just do do East Coast. He's ready. I I don't think there's a for for him. It's he can go now or he could wait. Whatever. But there's no reason. He's just good enough to go. I mean, I don't even really see him ride in person, just videos. But I can tell that he's looks looks ready. So hopefully he goes straight Yeah, so and you can like exciting. actually,
0: so you, like you can actually look at a guy and go like, oh, he's ready. Because we all, I mean, if you just look at, I mean, you could you could watch like a Cade Clayson go ride at a local track, and you'd be like, holy fuck! Like who would beat that dude? You know. But that doesn't yeah. mean that he can go out you know so it's like but you can see when you see hayden you can see like he's ready he's got the speed
1: i mean for me i can see it i just i watched watched his last youtube video because and i've been interested too because i moved to tallahassee which is cool like i hope to get them out come out to the track and hang out they just seem like a good time a lot of fun um so yeah but i just the videos like i haven't seen Ryan in person but i can just you can see his his tech like his style and his comfort he really you can see he like believes in in his riding and what he does and so yeah for me i've i, I see it like i'm sure his, his dad definitely sees it as well but he's you know his dad's smart so he's going to make the right decision and they're going to do it together but yeah i'd, I'd like to see the, see him go racing sooner than later
0: what do, what do you think the fan like reaction will be or the people that he'll actually bring to the racing because there's just not many people there's probably literally no one that can bring the kind of people that he can to a stadium is it and it's just crazy to even think that a 16 year old kid is in that crazy of a position
1: it's cool it's really cool i i'm like their channel's fun fun to watch like it's just a good what they do is cool and they just the it's a it's the family you know it's all they're all you know brian's you know a legend of you know when he's doing the backflips yeah. and him and Pristrano always going at it and stuff like so gnarly so uh it'd be great you know if anyone who could bring like that's the thing we need people to bring in new sponsors and new fans and all this stuff so maybe he could be the one who changes that i that would be sick that would be awesome if they could do that and like you know they do have those like they do have connections already like they with ford and and things like that so they're already yeah they're already doing stuff so i think it'll it'll be great it's only going to make the sport better
0: yeah yeah no i'm with you dude i just had a random idea deegan platinum at bamland
1: oh that'd be so epic
0: yeah get Wes out there with some cherry pickers swanberg on the camera
1: may it be so sick yeah i just i just mellowed the track out like it's still obviously it's still pretty intense but maybe when i retire and i'll just get like a good sponsor to to kick in some money and i'll get an excavator and just make like insane again (laughs) yeah that would be epic we'll we'll get you out there as well so it'll be it'll be legit
0: dude that verb platinum video i watched it this morning and I was just like, "What the fuck was he up to, man?" <laughs> like that uh, was a well, kid that's a dude that was that literally so that was like, free.
1: yeah, it was literally like my first or second year out at the the farm by myself, just just sending it, just just all I did was ride and have fun, and yeah, it was. And then those guys were like, "Yeah, we want to come and film this," and like the track just got built, and there, and I was just at the cherry picker, like sending it. It was oh, I was just like feeding off of it like it was so funny
0: (laughs) dude the the one shot where you go long i think it was just one of the table off the table it was just a a one bro same shit just upside down whipped a flat
1: same but different that one was that one was way sketchier because the tabletop went like super deep into a hole kind of and i literally like it was it was gnarly but luckily i just like bashed it out and
0: kept her on but yeah it was so intense dude nah it was sick well i appreciate the uh i appreciate the chat bro uh i'm very stoked that we uh we got a chance to do it i'm glad that you didn't wait till you retire um we'll definitely yes. do another one when you do retire uh and then oh, yeah. yeah hopefully uh yeah hopefully we can do some trips at some point i reckon it'd be sick do like mountain bike moto do the do the deal go through europe be uh yeah it'd be a good time
1: no the future's gonna be epic mate we'll do some fun stuff and then yeah like i said when i retire we'll open the can can of worms and just go go ham on the podcast it'll be great but this was good i'm glad we did it as well i enjoyed it was a good chat it felt uh very easy to do thank you
0: no i appreciate man hopefully um i don't know hopefully there's some i I just think people will be stoked to like hear from you and the format too you know like it's just it's you you're chillin there's no, yeah. you know, like there's kind of no external sort of stuff going on. So I think that, I think the fans will like be stoked to actually get a chance to hear what, what you're like as a, as a person more away from all the craziness, you know, cause people just don't I get hope, a look yeah. like that.
1: No, definitely not. I hope so anyway. And then, uh, yeah, hopefully they'll like it. And then, yeah, I'm going to go try to get the Tesla charged up, figure to find a
0: spot. Yeah. <laughs> what's the plan dude so you uh, literally had to do a three three hour podcast and then go and sit at a tesla charging station somewhere for 40 minutes yeah i
1: think so it's kind of that don't buy a tesla like uh, <laughs> uh, not cool don't rent a tesla don't rent a tesla <laughs>
0: yeah, that's awesome I uh, bro well um I, I appreciate it man and uh yeah that was that was rad i hope, I hope you enjoyed it bro
1: same mate yeah thanks for all the support i always appreciate it you're uh, you're one of the one of the real ones thank you